Welcome to the Owls on Culture Podcast. I'm Hank Owl. The person sitting in front of me is Michael Owl. That's true. Yeah, I wondered if you were going to say anything. Well, I realized first that I didn't let you say your own name, which is kind of weird. Usually I feel like there's a natural pause in which the other person interjects. Or that's that's at least what I hear on the the, the podcast waves. That's more of it. So I felt like I, I at first I already threw myself off my game <laughs> on this one by by overstepping my bounds. Our third host, uh, which we usually don't have, but we have for today, is our neighbor playing music that can be picked up by my microphone. Um, I actually was listening to our uh, end of the year podcast from last year, exactly a year ago today. Uh, and we complained about a similar problem, but I, it didn't show up when I was listening to it. So, so maybe it's just going to be an us thing. Exactly. So, if y'all hear it in the background, apologies. I also now hear a uh, what do you call that? The worst invention ever, the uh, leaf blower, uh, in the background as well. But I don't think what, you guys what will do be able we to do hear that. before leaf blowers. How would we? How do we get rid of our leaves? We raked. That sounds like a lot of effort. It for, was. It we was. We could just blow on them there are some <laughs> there are some advantages to the air blower and uh yes and blowing is that that's the big advantage yeah yeah so but this is our uh this is our end of the year show for 2023 we don't actually really record podcasts anymore but this is fun this is i i look forward to this at the end of the year so we're we're doing it because it is enjoyable by both parties involved me yeah i agree it's fun uh, but this is where we, uh, in a system that has not been questioned by anybody, we go through the the movies that we considered, um, oh, I don't know, above a kind of quality check for the year. I would consider it like a movies we would have given a Siskel and Ebert-esque thumbs up to. We go through those, and as we give uh, a little bit of time to each one, we assess whether, uh, you know... One of us feels it needs to be on our top 10, or it can be comfortably left off. And then at the end, we uh, will end up with a short list of movies that we will form into a communal top 10. And that uh, I feel like that's different than what other people do. They, they just share their own personal interests. We have to fight about it. That's right. Which I like. Fight, uh, scratch, claw. Who knows what could happen? Or use uh, use diplomacy. Could be, could be that. Could be the uh, the soft war. So we, I feel like we talk about this on every one. We certainly talked about it in the little bit I listened to last year, where we say it wasn't a great movie year for us, and that we didn't see all the movies we should have, and we feel a little stupid going about the list, uh, given that we haven't seen uh, a lot of the movies that uh, would have made it up there. Uh, looking at it again, I think we did better than maybe we thought we did, uh, but it does actually pale in comparison that this was a pretty famously good movie year. There were uh, maybe a surplus of, of great movies this year than there are in other years, and it's been, been talked about its place in the, the catalog of good movie years. Uh, a lot of stuff we haven't seen. Uh, I'll try to mention some notable ones. Uh, some stuff that I don't feel is our fault. Uh, the Zone of Interest and All of Us Strangers are two highly acclaimed movies from this year that I've, I imagine we both would have enjoyed uh, that have not yet made it to Atlanta. So we <coughs> could not have seen them at this point. And Zone of Interest, by all means, seems like a like tightrope walk of a movie in this uh, incredible 
enlightening masterpiece. And All of Us Strangers just seems like the movie, the kind of movie that both of us would enjoy, but we didn't get to see. Some other stuff uh, left out on Priscilla from Sofia Coppola. Uh, bit of a bummer for me. I have a feeling, I don't, I don't know how you would have rated it, but I have a feeling that could have made it up there for me. Um, All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt. That's another bummer that we, uh, didn't get to see because it's not a, maybe, maybe we will get to see that because, uh, it wasn't available for, for rent or streaming anywhere. So maybe that means it hasn't actually even come to theaters for us yet. Although maybe we just missed it. Um, Dream Scenario, uh, the movie starring Nicolas Cage, we didn't see. There there are several others. These are not the only ones we, we didn't see, but these are ones that are coming to mind uh, at the moment. Fremont uh, is one that uh, that I wish I, I could have seen, and I'll explain why, I guess, in a in a second. Uh, any, any other ones you can think of that we missed? I mean, obviously, there's hundreds. Yeah, no, there's plenty, but those are the ones that I think we were, you know, on the radar screen and just either didn't make it happen because we were unavailable or they were just unavailable in our city at the time. And and again, hopefully, like, Zone of Interest will definitely come. Uh, that would be great. And uh, yeah, I would have liked to send Priscilla also. Though it was, it, was, it was lower down on my list than some of the others that we did see. Yeah. Taste of Things, that's, that's the French submission for uh, the Best Foreign Film Oscar we, we did not uh, end up catching up to. Other than that, I th- we got all the movies. Yeah, no, we d- we're we're lacking. I have a we have a big masters list, and I, I thought about like listing it all, and then I realized why would like it would be so demoralizing <laughs> to to start it by just listing all the the probably very good <laughs> movies we didn't see. But maybe maybe they're all stinkers secretly, and everybody else who said they're good is wrong about them. Um, interesting things I found with this being an especially good movie year, and the way we like do our catch up or the way we just see movies in general it's usually like people talk about them being very good and i find that in our list i've a lot of there's a lot of really great movies and i am noticing the like i think more very good movies than maybe we talked about earlier years but because like i don't know if they're failing to reach a personal connection to me I actually i think i'm wrong i think plenty of them actually have a personal connection to me but what i'm sensing is that i I'm almost, I don't know if I'm just in my heart of hearts a contrarian because so much of the movies have had so much uh, published about them in terms of praise and so much uh, literature to read analyzing them even now that I that I'm, I almost am resistant to be passionate for them because there's so many people already being passionate for me. But I guess it's the problem of, of using, um, you know, aggregate scores of uh critics or other people's opinions to judge what movies you do and do not see yeah and i think uh i think you and i share this um a contrarian streak a little bit if somebody keeps telling us how great something is uh, occasionally i will just turn on whatever it is and be like well you know what i'm not gonna see that i don't care but it's, that's a negative quality not a positive one though a little bit of a contrarian streak i think is a is a, is a positive thing yeah um, i think it's a lot of cases where what will happen is and i think this is what happened with everything everywhere all at once last year is everybody will say this is such a great movie we won't see it when it comes to theaters foolishly for no good reason maybe a little bit because everybody loved it so much um and then we'll have to like we'll sit through you know even more time of hearing everybody talk about how great it is so then when it finally comes time for us to see it at home 
we watch it and we're like, what's everybody talking about? Completely. It's like, oh, maybe because our, our viewing experience was warped. I think we had another situation like this, at least for me, uh, that we'll get into later, where uh, where I, I think the, the film was hurt by having so much good press about it before we saw it. Yeah, that that could definitely happen. It's a fine line because, you know, obviously we love movies and we love reading about movies and hearing about movies and talking about movies. But, you know, by doing so, we definitely are um, influenced as we even walk into the theater or sit down and, you know, turn on the remote. Uh, so I don't know. I'm gonna, I maybe will experiment with trying to go in more blind. Uh, it's kind of all, a little bit impossible in this day and age, but not not completely. But we'll I, see. I find the movies that I enjoy the most are the ones I go into with like some detail, but little detail. Like so maybe like ones I go into with details of the plot, you know, like a like a like the log line or whatever, and the people who contributed to its making, and maybe like a thumbs up from a critic I respect. And then I feel like much more than that, it starts to poison the well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think we should do a little quick update or just a, get a sense of the previous winners in these years. I wonder if you can remember them. Actually, I don't want to even ask in case you can't because that kind of sullies the whole thing. So I actually won't ask you that because it doesn't. It wouldn't actually diminish how much we love the movies. The movie just speaks to your memory. Uh, <laughs> That's, that is well said. Okay. For, uh, for 2021, uh, the winner was Inside, which I've started to have some doubts on whether we were right in considering that a movie. Uh, it was the Netflix special, uh, pandemic at-home special from Bo Burnham that I uh, I think I could stand behind that. I've seen it since. Um, I, 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 I think I can stand in front of that and, and say we're proud of that. Um, I I am still. Even if it's not a, because I think our justification of the time for calling it a movie was um, that it like we considered like well concert films are movies and this is basically like a concert film but at home. Yeah, and and but it was also more than a concert film too. So I, I felt like it also had the other aspects of what would push it over the edge to be a movie in my department. And I and whether we're right on that classification or not, I think we're definitely right on the quality of it. Yeah, but the movie uh, that was second place for that year, and if Inside was not in uh, consideration, would have been West Side Story, which I I do believe we can stand behind. I've also seen that movie since. Um, but that's a that's a good good movies. Uh, but another one that's not everybody's number one pick from that year. So if that's that helps it. Um, last year's pick for best movie was Men, which. Uh, yeah, I think that does show our contrary, <laughs> yeah. or maybe just that we're both pretty much ride or die Alex Garland people. That's both of those might be true. Yeah, I don't think that's a movie that neither critics nor audiences uh, enjoyed to the extent that we did. Yeah, so much so that in the trailer for his new one coming out this spring, like they they uh, rather uh, blatantly omitted that movie and in, in the list of his accomplishments yeah from the makers of what are they they said from the writer of 
um, Ex Machina and Annihilation, right? They didn't use 28 Days Later, or did they use 28 Days Later? I think they did use 28 Days Later. But those are all those are all good ones. Those yeah. are all that's that's ones worth advertising based on the makers of. Yeah. Maybe, maybe also slide a slide a men in there. It's like what about men? Like what about sh- men? don't say sh- no, not that one. <laughs> don't say that one. Sorry, that out of what about men? <laughs> don't forget about men. Exactly. How how could one? <laughs> um, yeah, his movie that Civil War is what you're referring to. I may have not wanted to spend too much time talking about things that are not the movies from this year, but I honestly, I relish the chance to talk into these microphones anyway about anything, and it's mainly for our enjoyment. Um, but yeah, that's the most us. Uh, what did you say? You said, after we saw the trailer, you said focus group of us. Right, completely. It just looked like, oh, we're going to make this movie for Michael and Hank. I hope yeah. they enjoy. It's Alex Garland working with most of the ensemble from devs his uh tv series uh which i loved adding uh kirsten dunst and jesse plemons whom we love it's pretty much our uh taylor swift and travis kelsey <laughs> yes <laughs> um <coughs> about uh riffs in american politics mm-hmm. that's very enjoyable let's get on to the movie so what we have here is about uh 22 or 21 23 movies here uh i think the first year we did it out of a hat the second year we did it by release order i have it in chron- uh, sorry in uh alphabetical order now uh and that's how we'll do it are you, are you ready to begin get pump get your thinking caps on i am i had one question about uh whether we we're going to talk about a certain movie that did not come out this year in this process or if we should mention it now uh, you were wearing a T-shirt from it. I didn't know what we were doing with that. Uh, we can we can mention it that that I think we can generally agree that the best movie that was put in theaters this year was the re-release of Stop Making Sense. Yeah, which is, I mean, one of the probably one of the great movies. Certainly one of our uh, group favorites. Yeah, an absolute blast seeing the theater for the I think the first time for both of us. Yeah, that was the first time seeing it in the theater. We saw it in the IMAX. We saw it on the uh, simulcast with the interview with the cast afterwards. It was Which was awful. The interview was awful. Oh, the interview was awful. I, Spike Lee did not do a great job with that, and uh, it was all awkward, but the movie itself was amazing, and then I saw it again at the plaza with a friend, and everybody was standing up and dancing, and there were glow sticks, and it was just thoroughly enjoyable, and I, I stop making sense is right up there with like making me feel good with like my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, like they I, both I just make me agree. feel it's a different, great. It's a different thing than my neighbor Totoro for me, though, because my my neighbor Totoro is such like childhood innocence, and this is like stop being sense is almost like the joy of performance. Oh, that's a great one. I, yeah, I think this is the takeaway I had from seeing it in the theater is like this movie works so well because it thinks David Byrne is like the greatest movie star, yeah, of all time. Just like how the level of uh, of physicality from him in that moment all the sweatiness and all the close-ups on him it's just incredible it makes no movie has ever made anybody look as cool as stop making sense makes david byrne look and everybody else comes off looking great also and the intros like almost you know the way they bring people on and just the community the looks they give each other the playing off each other it's just uh it's just lovely and wonderful it's a sense i'm sure this is cliche and talking about uh concert films but it feels like you're on the stage with them you know and a lot has been written about their uh 
not showing the audience like a lot of concert films do. But I think that totally works because it's just like you're there with them and you're catching these, uh, you know, little moments between performers, which, you know, may or may not be there for us to, you know, quote unquote, catch them. But it, it doesn't matter to, to an audience viewer. To, to an audience viewer it doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't matter to the viewer uh it's really yeah or even the great, audience great piece of great piece of uh movie making there without a doubt not so eligible I, I though, to... as it was released 40 years ago <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not, a, not a very very far from uh 2023 release although there were plenty of concert films this year <laughs> that were lauded yeah but yeah but i would agree that is definitely my best experience at the theater this year yes all right so let's let's move on I'm excited. The uh, first movie alphabetically uh, on our list is Amanda, which is a movie that you did not see. Uh, it's written and directed by uh, Carolina Cavalli. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. This was a uh, uh, late in the year uh, pick. I, I did not catch it. I hadn't even heard of it actually during the year, but I, I, I heard people talking about it, went to see it, and it's very much uh, up my alley probably why i chose to watch it instead of some of the other acclaimed movies on our catch-up list so uh when you describe for the audience like why is it up your alley well i was uh it's (laughs) you're about to get there well yeah it it has the 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 kind of i would almost call it one car y-esque uh quirks in which it is like very attractive misanthropes interacting in a weird world while also engaging with them as uh empathetic uh figures uh it's um it's it's probably the type of movie to to give you the idea that like if it was on netflix like quirky would be in one of the like three letters but i think uh like all good quirky movies it is uh like beyond the cheapness of that and it's able to to view its characters with a level of uh love that i found admirable while also being uh very funny in the ways in which they uh don't engage with how normal regular people act but there's a yeah there's definitely a feeling of uh not like blind support but empowerment uh for the amanda character it's certainly somebody the audience is supposed to know the flaws of but is still sort of able to you know champion her 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 quirkiness and there's a lot of i don't know there's a lot of hoorah moments i'm definitely pro amanda both the movie and the, the the character despite uh her many flaws i it's yeah it's a very i i it's i don't know if you're not me how much you'd enjoy it like i imagine your mileage may vary i I have a hard time viewing this movie like objectively just because while watching it i was just like oh this is so fun oh really like i was like i I don't know this i highly a smile on my face the whole the whole movie do you think it's like a generation thing why i wouldn't uh feel the same way necessarily or is it a like a like a me specific i think or you like specific? it i i think you would like it i don't really know what i mean by that it's just like i have a like when i think of amanda i have a hard time like um, obviously there is no objectivity but i what i find myself being is like man that movie was so fun while also like not being in your face about how fun it was oh, i enjoyed that so much uh, but I, uh, there are obviously merits to the movie beyond just that basic thing. But I, I, I did very much like this movie. Uh, very, very cool. All right, I will, I will check it out and put it on my list to watch. Um, that I m- mentioned Fremont. Fremont is another movie uh, co-written by the director of this. 
uh, and uh, directed by a different person, I believe they're uh, uh, creative partners. Um, and I wish I would have gotten to see this movie, but uh, I discovered this movie so late that there uh, wasn't time. I didn't know I would have been interested in the other one until it was really, there wasn't time to catch up on it. What a cool creative partnership and what a great year, you know, a year and a half, two years, whatever long it, you know, it took to get these things made, like for that partnership. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I will probably be fighting for this movie. You haven't seen it and that's always complicated when uh, you like a movie that the other person hasn't seen. Uh, so I will, like, this would be a personal top ten or for me, but I will, I would be willing to accept it not in the top ten because it's hard to compete with movies that both of us saw and enjoy. Uh, the two thumbs up as opposed to the one thumbs up. Uh, but maybe if we could, if we could uh, get it in there in the, you know, the bottom five of the top ten, that would be greatly appreciated. I, I hear that. Let the negotiations begin. Uh, oh yeah, I'll be very curious to see what you rank just above it and just below it so I do have an idea of exactly how much you like it because based on hearing you talk about the movies that we have both seen seen together. Okay. The second movie uh, is a movie that we did both see and enjoyed. That's uh, Anatomy of a Fall which was this year's Palme d'Or winner uh, from Justine Trier. Uh, I ha- I want to hear you talk about this movie first, actually. Okay, so, yeah, so we I uh, heard about this, you know, several months ago. It came out briefly in Atlanta in the fall, I believe. And I think I could have gone by myself on a Tuesday night. I think you had uh, a lot of homework or something. And I didn't go, and I kind of wish I had. Uh, this is uh, basically a procedural uh, a mystery. It turns into kind of a courtroom drama, and when it's about the nature of truth and what we can know, what we can't know—maybe truth or maybe fact. Um, you know, I don't know how much you want me to go into the plot of it, but uh, you know, basically, this there's a uh, marriage, and there's a child who's blind. Uh, the child is probably around, I think, eight. 11 to 12, I think. 11 to 12. Is, is what is said in the movie. I've never had from a my, kid, so it's hard for me to tell. And basically, like, you know, there's some, we, we get some flashbacks to come in some details, but basically there's a fall from a house, the third story of a house. And the question really is, you know, what happened? Was this a murder? Was this a suicide? Was this an accident? And so we follow the investigation and in ways that I really admired. Uh, We didn't – I feel like in a lesser film, there would have been a lot more uh, detail that we don't need. Like I think they did a nice job of time jumping and us seeing the ramifications of certain plot events that happen. Um, I think the character work is great. Uh, This actress – Sandra Huller. Thank you. Uh, who also had a really good year, speaking of uh, a good years for artists. Uh, I think she was exceptional. I thought her attorney was exceptional. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It, this may be one that did suffer a little bit from me looking forward to it and wanting to see it so badly and hearing such good things about it. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know that I loved it, loved it, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, I think this movie... Um I don't know if it got all the way w- with me, but I, I, it's not one of those things where like there was specifically something that turned me off on it. I think it's very, uh, I, I would almost call it electric. 
and it's directing the it's very stylish and the, there's a lot of camera movements and uh it all it's all very propulsive it's two and a half hours and it doesn't feel like that uh which i think is uh, great unless you know the movie is intentionally uh, meant to feel long uh sender huler uh is pretty incredible and i think it reaches this uh nice point when it's hard when you're very uh directly addressing like objectivity and subjectivity to to find a tone for the camera to be objective and subjective within that and i think it it picks the right places to look at it uh subjectively and look at it objectively uh the courtroom scenes uh of which mo- most of the movie is is honestly is very like this happens this happens this happens in the courtroom uh and that's uh incredibly entertaining you have plenty of of good actors uh yelling good dialogue at each other and very like theatrical courtroom sense it almost felt like live theater uh a little bit uh watching it and i think it it strikes the right tone in that where it's exciting but it's not uh it it feels as pointless as it should be i think it is a little bit uh swayed in how you perceive the courtroom drama to to judge uh players in the courtroom depending on their niceness to our main character but i think it mostly uh keeps a good amount of objectivity in the courtroom while uh viewing her like what i'm really meaning to say is it doesn't do the thing which a bad movie would do when we're supposed to be it do- it doesn't ask the audience to pick a side about uh the the court case of whether we're supposed to view Sandra Huller as uh innocent or guilty and i kept waiting for it to do the thing where it's like we like stay extra long on her for a second and like it's clearly supposed to be like this is the time in which you're supposed to be wondering whether she did it or not and it never falls into that kind of a trap which i thought was good and her performance is so good in that way and when she doesn't play uh i'm i'm honestly i'm forgetting the name of uh, the character but she doesn't play that character uh like a guilty person or an innocent person i think it play, she plays the like baseline emotions there uh it doesn't so for for a movie about uh truth and objectivity and subjectivity it doesn't try to manipulate you no it doesn't I, and i agree with you your point about a lesser movie would have tried to do that and a lesser movie might have also had these kind of sensational reenactments with different camera angles or lenses or speeds you know or like you know kind of violent flashbacks that you see in a lot of movies well there, there are um, reenactments then. so I'm well there's reenactments what... for but they're they're not reenactments for the audience the reenactments for the characters in the film like it is a like a blood spatter expert showing what might have happened there's uh in the, during the investigation part of it they're talking about it but there's not like a cut flashback to where now we see what really happened yeah, or maybe yeah. we see one version of what really happened and there's an electric guitar and yeah you know that kind of thing they didn't do any of that which i really loved there's none of the stuff and we'll talk about this with another movie that's coming up that similarly examines um objectivity and subjectivity but there's not the thing where like it freezes and then like we have a really long zoom in to a close-up on her face which is like i think awfully again another thing a bad version of this movie would do right you know and i was very happy i yeah i i enjoy i very much uh can can stand behind this movie being on our top 10 list if it needs to be how do you how do you feel about that? i would think that would be a good place to start it is in the top 10 and we'll see what kind of if things come above it or not uh i really like also just um 
that it you know it flowed, but it also like it took its time. There were like it's it takes place you know a little bit of kind of think outside of Paris, uh, most likely, but in rural France, there's beautiful shots of the mountains around. Um, actually, it was the name of a smaller town. I don't remember the name of the town though. Um, but I like the pacing of it in that it it you know we, we flowed fast, but at the same time it felt like it took its time. It was uh really great, and the kid was great. Kids wonderful. I don't like kids in movies. You, you know, I've, not. I've been pretty vocal about that. Um, but this one, I did not once did he uh, bother me. You know, and that's uh, that's rare. No, good ending on this movie too. That's always nice to say. It is indeed. And what I what I what I glean from it thematically, I really actually kind of really agree with a lot. Um, um. You know, and I don't know if I need to spell that out or not. But yeah, I think it's able to get to this place where, uh, like, at a certain point, you got to stop worrying about the subjective. And, like, it just presents a kind of baseline reality to you at the end where it's like, like, actually, you know, our interpretations of events fall secondary to what's right in front of us, you know? Oh, I, that, that's how I viewed it, the, the ending. Or, or the, the lack of, like, big dramatic moment at the end yeah well no i I like that but i I would say that it is actually our interpretation absent facts or knowledge it is our interpretation of what happens and what we choose to believe and how we choose to act in response to that that is that is extremely important and i think that comes i think that is part of the message of this film and that that resonates with me a lot yeah i I agree with that i would i would add that there is I think there's also an element of just, uh, you know, our day-to-day reality. Like, we don't have control of the interpretation in the moment. You know, that there is, like, a certain point. We can we can worry about the past events and worry about what is the truth of what's happening right now. But it's still happening as we're doing that. Right. You mentioned this one, the Palm d'Or. Did it win any other uh, awards that sound like that but are different and maybe animal-based? Oh, the Palm Dog. Absolutely. Great dog movie. Really good dog. Uh, really good movie. dog in this movie. And I, I I, presume no dogs were harmed in this making of this movie. One would hope so in all movies with dogs, at least ones made right now. Yeah, well said. Well said, sir. All right, so let's throw this in the top ten and kind of see where it ends up. I put Amanda on the short list as well. Good. Um, uh, the next movie is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret which only I saw because I guess I'm more secure in my masculinity than you are. I think you like movies that start with A. That that's that is actually the reason. No, um what I'll say about this movie and I I won't talk too much about it because I don't I don't not as passionate about it as Amanda and I don't feel the need to fight for it in our top 10 given that you haven't seen it. Uh but for for a movie year uh where people talked about gentle movies a lot, I think with past lives and though we didn't see it um uh, all of us strangers this is a movie that felt um effortlessly gentle and effortlessly uh empathetic in how it viewed its characters there's a level of um non-saccharine pretty baseline sweetness and though i do think the movie as a whole falls into a lot of uh you know hollywood perfection and like roundness that is uh pretty easy to see through it's uh i think it's I mean, I, I, I've never read the book, and maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but it felt, like, much better than it needed to be, hmm. you know? And that's always uh, good to see in a movie. This is by uh, Kelly Fremont Craig, who did uh, The Edge of Seventeen, which is a movie I, I, you know, I think is perfectly enjoyable. 
uh, but not a movie I'm uh, terribly passionate about. But there's there's a lot of really good stuff and kind stuff happening in this movie. Wow, and we'll talk about this uh, later. Some some other of the kinder empathetic movies feel like they are really impressing upon you how empathetic they're being and i don't feel like are you there god it's me margaret uh, feels the need to do that i think it just is and it's being and it's not always empathetic there are actually moments there there are beats that don't work in this movie but on the whole it's very good did it make you want to read the book or no no i think i've i've i don't know I think I'm too old for the for the book. I'm, yeah, I don't know the target audience for that. It's not one that was important to me. I think I'm. I I should be beginning puberty for the reading of the book. I got you. And this is Judy Bloom's book. This right? is Judy. And I love we love Judy. I love Judy Bloom. Rachel McAdams, very, oh, very good in this movie, uh, as has been uh, very much talked about. Benny Safdie as well. Uh, also, two two very good um, underrated performances from this year. Very cool. Uh, our next movie is one I'm interested to see how our takes maybe differ on this movie. Uh, this is Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Um, I will say this is one of two movies this year that I uh, actually one of many movies, but one of two special movies that I feel like uh, probably should have used a rewatch from us before uh, we recorded this, but we just didn't have the time for it. The thing I found uh, interesting about my own personal relationship to Asteroid City is how much like it got me in the last 20 minutes and hadn't had me previously. Uh, if you're not familiar with the the plot of Asteroid City, it largely it's a it's a television program about a play uh, about people trapped in this Midwestern area. And that's the kind of thing initially, not that it bothered me, but I, I think I don't respond well to things like that. The, the layering like that that I feel like puts distance between me as an audience member and the movie. Uh, but it's able to interweave itself very, very nicely at the end. I, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot throughout this, but if I like the last 30 minutes of this movie is my favorite movie of the year, you know, Um it's got this incredible, uh, the very large ensemble cast, uh, but yeah, that's I. I don't even feel the need. I, I don't really know how to talk about this movie because the part I love about it so much is the end, and I don't know. Like I wish, this is what I thought after I saw the movie. So I wish I could see this again, knowing I liked it. <laughs> that's you know? and that's funny. that's different. like I wish I could have watched the. You know, first two thirds, or I guess first five sixths of this movie, knowing I would love the last sixth, so I could maybe, I I don't know, find a new appreciation with that 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 first five sixths. Yeah, I'll be very curious about your thoughts on a rewatch. Then, uh, knowing that you the last twenty minutes really uh, resonated with you, uh, what would you describe? How would you, if you were trying to get somebody to see this movie, what would you say? like about it like briefly hey watch this because it's this especially someone who might be like based on just what you said earlier like oh that's a little too quirky for me uh maybe like sneakily profound mm. like it gets you to the end where like you don't realize how much 
like i was not expecting to be so emotionally engaged uh with especially the the scene of the balcony at the end is one of my my scenes of the year the whole the whole part of it where it it be it starts to become more meta and the layers start to blur between the the stories we've been following and i i it's just relatable i don't know what my play's about i don't know what the play's about man that's that's i think that's always gonna get that's gonna get you yeah. yeah i hear that it i respond to this as well but i i my memory of it is not very good and so i i, I feel like i definitely need to rewatch just to even speak intelligently about it um so yeah, how 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 much how how much did those twenty minutes at the end carry the rest of the movie? See, how, how I do don't know how that? to evaluate it. I want to put it on the short list. I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable in the top ten. I'm comfortable with out of the top ten. I think because it's such a good movie year, there's going to be a lot of stuff like that, where it is like, yeah, this was really great. I don't necessarily need it to be in the top ten, but it also doesn't not deserve to be there. Right. Uh, great movie year for Maya Hawk. Yeah, she's right? very good in this movie, and very good in Maestro. Yeah, she was, she was indeed. Uh, and also, uh, Jason Schwartzman. I'm not. Uh, my mileage varies on Jason Schwartzman. Uh, this is a this is a winner winner Schwartzman for me. I really, uh, I mean, I know we have you know director projects that we've done in the past, and we'll also are continuing. But uh, I'd be curious to, what you think of Rushmore. Uh, you know, Wes Anderson's first film, or maybe I don't know if it was his first one or his breakout one. Uh, it would break a bottle rocket was his first okay um yeah so i'm uh, it might be fun to go through uh his uh film catalog at some point all right our next movie i'm gonna put it on the short list uh our next movie is barbie hey, i'm gonna hey barbie I, I think a good way to do this is i'm gonna let you say your piece on barbie and then i'll get a rebuttal all right that sounds good uh I thought Barbie was pretty good. I didn't love it. Um, I, you know, the concept is pretty great. Um, the idea of behind the Barbie land, the opening with the, uh, you know, homage slash parody of um, the Kubrick film. 2001. Thank you. A space journey. A space, a little walk through space. Right. Um, I thought that was wonderful and very cool. And I thought, you know, the issues that is tackling of the patriarchy are need to be tackled and they're tackled in a fun, cool way. I, I just didn't love it. You know, it's just, you know, not my thing necessarily. I don't know if that's the way to put it, but uh, uh, I thought Marco Robbie was incredible. Um, you know, the, 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 the Saturday Night Live actress who does the like the broken Barbie thing. She Kristen Stewart. <laughs> that's not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> now, that say. would be an interesting shh, choice. Shh. That didn't happen. That's right. It starts with a K, though. Um, yeah, so I, I don't love her shtick all the time, maybe. Um, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, yeah. So that got a little bit old for me, but you know, it's part of the fun. Again, it's beautiful people dancing around, singing, and telling jokes, and that part was good. I think some of the real-world courtroom stuff, the Will Ferrell stuff, I didn't... While it was funny, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just didn't love it. I thought it was pretty good, though. I'm glad I saw it. Uh, good movie. Uh, it would not be in my top ten. Yeah, I thought you were going to be more negative on that. That's why I uh, said rebuttal. Well, I can be. If you and also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about the patriarchy. I don't know how biting Barbie is of a, of a feminist criticism. Uh, 
But what it is is, uh, I, I, it's a very, it's a perfectly enjoyable movie. I, I'm trying not to. I almost feel I, I find myself wanting to over, uh, value it because the Barbenheimer moment was such a like a we're so back thing, and I came to Barbie with a lot of joy in that regard. And honestly, I think it deserves it. I did get a chance to revisit it because mom, uh, had not seen it, and I was like, oh yeah, this this really I was right. I was right. This is really good stuff. And you, because you did the Barbenheimer thing. Yeah, yeah. I got all, I got all dressed up and everything. Um. Uh, but uh, it's really funny. It's really funny, and it's really smart, and it's like creatively interesting. And I'm very, very glad that this is like the highest grossing movie of the year, and not like a, a Marvel movie or a Fast and the Furious. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like clearly made with a, a passion and a love and enthusiasm that bleeds through i think when it tries to be uh i don't want to say more than that but when it tries to be particularly emotionally touching i think it the tonal transition is pretty sloppy uh and it doesn't exactly stick the landing in those moments and it becomes pretty uh it it slows down in a way that hurts the movie to me but other people do not find that but that's 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 what i that's what I found. Um, lots been said about that acting, particularly Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. I actually am still not uh, as high on that as other people. Ryan Gosling particularly is uh, uh, getting his way into a lot of like best supporting actor wins in critic circles, and I'm like, I don't know. Like these are maybe, maybe this is just that I I'm oh. I'm underestimating uh, like the value of comedic performances, but I was like, that this is good, but like, I find myself, and this is wrong, being like, yeah, but they're not actually characters. <laughs> I'm like, they're they're yeah, saying okay. they certainly are saying the lines, uh, funny and behaving a certain way, but but that that's wrong. That I think that's wrong of me to to think that and say that. And the the movie star moments that Mark Robbie and Ryan Gosling have had this year are both. Uh, certainly enjoyable to see. Wait, what? Maybe my favorite movie. My favorite movie of the year is the the holiday Christmas version of uh, "I'm Just Ken," for just how uh, good that makes Ryan Gosling look. I don't think I'm familiar with that though. I think it was playing in the house, and I was walking through the house or something. Yeah, my mom and I were watching it. I gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I thought the acting moments were good. It is. It's hard to. Uh, in a such a stylized big movie like this, sometimes it's hard to to uh, I guess judge the acting. But the fa- I just never saw them acting, and so that's always my sign. You know, if I don't see them actually being an actor, you know, uh, then I'm like, oh, you, they did a good job. You know, and that's how I walked. Again, very funny, uh, smart, but just didn't keep me the whole way. I just kind of went in and out of this this movie, which kind of was a trend a little bit for me this year. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. It was <laughs> pretty mean, good. You mean you walked in and out of the theater and in and out of the theater again? Oh, yeah. It was, I meant it figuratively, but yes, literally as well. I also, you know, good, uh, you know, take a breath and like not necessarily have to hurry back occasionally during movies and not feel like I was really missing something sometimes. Oh, okay. You're talking. You're not. You're not stepping out of the movie to step out of the movie. No, no, no. I'm not leaving the movie, but I'm either going to the restroom or needing to cough or getting a coke or water or something like that. And sometimes when I do that, I'm like, oh, I gotta hurry back. And other times, I'm like, eh, all right, we're good. I'm just gonna go get this coke and use the restroom. Oh, is my hair in place? So oh, it is. Yeah, I kind of. You don't have hair. Well, that's that, <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe you did at the beginning of the year. I I, lo- I look at the mirror fondly. 
of the days of yore when I had hair. Sorry, I feel like I went too hard on you. That's right. for that. No, no. Uh, Barbie no. I walked into it. Barbie doesn't need to be on the top ten. Yeah, uh, it doesn't for me. But uh, I like it to be known that I evaluate it better than you do. Yeah, I think you're you're higher on this movie than I am. That's okay. Uh, here's a pretty great movie. Uh, or at least in my opinion. Actually, I do think we're going to end up disagreeing on this. This is Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid. Uh, this is his, um, I would call it a Mommy Issues Odyssey. You know, it's a very, it's a, it's a three hour plus movie, uh, about a man on his journey to go to the funeral of his dead mother and dealing with a lot of, uh, weird stuff as he goes along that journey. And, and what I would say is I was very disappointed that this movie did not do as well. I mean, I don't think it was ever going to do gangbusters, but this is such a big swing for Ari Aster to be let to do, and I'm I'm a little bit sad that I don't think he'll be allowed to make a swing this big, or there won't be a movie for a while that uh, that goes as, as hard and as crazy and as big as this movie was allowed to go. But I'm glad we had the moment while it was while it was there i think there's a lot of really good stuff in this movie this is other ones i think the reason people might shy away from from movies that are like advertised based on their their weirdness or their um uh, their uh you know quote-unquote quirkiness uh is that they feel that it's like just like i don't know uh an exercise uh, and I think Bo is afraid uh, keeps from doing that. I think it would be a pretty annoying movie, <laughs> given uh, all that it tries to do. If it was like that, but I, what I keep coming back to is uh, the empathy that uh, is given to Bo, the Joaquin Phoenix character, and how much you're you're able to to sympathize with him, even as he is like a sad sack. And what a, this is just a marathon of a performance from Walking Phoenix. It's three hours of him being like anxious and skittish. He's in almost every frame and it's like he's doing that just pretty much unrelentingly. I, I just you, you wanna give Walking Phoenix like you wanna give Bo a hug afterward, but you also like wanna give Walking Phoenix like a hug. It's like cause what a, this just it looked draining. I mean, what an acting performance. You're absolutely right. And he is all through it. And he goes through, his character goes through so much. As an actor, he has to go to so so many places. Uh, There's certain sequences in this movie that really stand out for me. In the beginning, the the stress at the beginning of the apartment and people getting in and trying to go across the street. Like immediately, like that was like, holy crap, this is going to be intense and this is going to be amazing. But not every sequence kind of lived up to that for me, but a lot did. When he goes into the woods and he finds the theater, uh, the the communal uh, community, I, I really loved that sequence. When he meets Parker Posey again, uh, character, like that sequence. That's probably my scene of the year. That was incredible. I mean, that was just so good. Uh, the house they're in was is amazing. The uh, the actor who, actress who plays his mom is amazing. Patty Lupone. Um, so there's so much about this movie that I liked, and at the same time, and I, I I'm curious what you think about this. Like, it is the reveal of the the monster in the attic um, was fascinating and then humorous. 
And I don't. I guess I think you said it right. I don't know why I'm. I'm a the. I, I can't talk. Um, it's him dealing with his mommy and his dick issues, and I don't know why. Like that is um, makes it I less. Think you than. called it. You called it immature. After we we did actually revisit this one, because uh, we watched it so early in the year. Um. I I think what you you said is and you 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 acknowledge that this might be fraught, but you like you kind of said like, well, shouldn't it be over this by now? And that's and just you know, maybe it's because like, really, I'm over those really, issues. You want to devote like three hours to the mommy issues? It's a I mean, it's a lot. It is, it is but this feels. I think this is what I said, and I mean that is also what I said. But, but I and I think what I was saying like this feels like it could have been a short story he wrote in the eighth grade. So he doesn't have to spend millions of dollars to make this movie. But uh, that's not fair. I know that's not fair. Don't make movies. Go to therapy instead. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, yeah, that, that is, there's, there's, uh, well, that's an interesting thought. And that's whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm working on a project that kind of talks about that a little bit. Um, so I don't, you know what else I did a little bit on this? I keep, sometimes I forget that it's Ari Aster. And sometimes I think that it is the guy who did Mother with an exclamation point. It's not Darren Aronofsky. I know. So I think so, so I think that, at first part of me I was did. like, Darren Aronofsky, didn't you already get this out of your system with Mother? You know? And like, no, this is a different guy doing Bo's Afraid. But there's it, it but they both feel a little bit like these like really cool personal special projects that don't always work and that are I don't know. Again, it just feels like, yeah, aren't you over your your mom and your penis already? I don't know. Um, again, not fair. So, but that's why. And can we talk about the? I, I, I didn't. Can we talk about the monster upstairs in the attic? Uh, there. For those that haven't seen the movie, it, it's a big old scary penis. I mean, it's a, that eats people and it's got claws. It's got balls. It's got claws. It's got hair. It's got teeth. <laughs> and it's just like, really? I mean, I guess it's just. I mean, it's very literal. You know, we're on the nose with this one. We're getting it. Um, but there are so many cool things about it. I do I do like this movie a lot. But, but oh. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just think there was a CGI team, and Ari Aster was like, I want a scary penis in my movie. And they're like, let's do that. Like, isn't that good? Isn't that good for the ecosystem? I, I, I prefer thinking it was a practical it was a practical special effects, and they built a penis. But was it CGI? It, uh, it didn't look practical to me. I got you. Um, so, so I, you know, again, part of me is like, oh, wow, we're doing all this for your mom and your penis. But all right, let's do that. Uh, so again, I don't know. Part of I think might be just my age, um, or whatnot. But mm-hmm. so, like, that was a little disappointing. Uh, but the ride was great, and I'm. This is another one that I need. You know, I would I would like to see again, and really kind of figure out exactly what I think about this movie. As I was watching it the first time, certainly though, I'm along for the ride. I'm. We're doing all kinds of cool things, and I'm just game for whatever we're doing. But when I think about the totality of it, I'm not sure what I'm left with. Um. Yeah. Let's so say I think about the. Darren Aronofsky's bow was afraid just how unrelenting that movie would have been uh it makes me think about like though unsurprisingly this movie ultimately ends I think intentionally unsatisfyingly 
and intentionally pretty dour, but that 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 he's willing to give Bo, uh, mainly in the incredible scene with Parker Posey uh, that we're talking about that we uh, mentioned, uh, like those moments of warmth and sweetness. I think completely uh, turn what might seem like a like in like a it elevates the movie to me. Yeah, the, the, I hear the, that. The, the kind of kindness for the character and the, the kind moments. Do you think he'll be nominated? I think for he like should an be. Oscar? No yeah. way. But he should be, in me, in my opinion. He was. I think he. The Golden Globes gave him one. I forget whether he, they considered it like a comedy, musical, or a drama. Yeah. But uh, I think he did get nominated. The Oscars, no way. Though he should, just he for should. the difficult, the difficulty of it. I mean, I, I mean, obviously we shouldn't do acting awards based on difficulty, but. Well, I mean. Well, do you want to give... Partly. <laughs> Tom Cruise flew a jet. We didn't even like Top Gun Maverick. He yeah. flew a plane, and he acted while he flew a plane. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I hear that. I hear That's that. That's difficult. We gave him respect for that. Of course yeah. we did. Yeah. We always give Tom Cruise respect. He knows what the people want. He does indeed. Um, That's funny. Uh, yeah, I this has, this has to be on the top ten for me. Okay, all right. Uh, let's, is that, let's how move how it do up you there. feel about that? I feel pretty good with that. I feel pretty good with that. All right, let's let's move it up to the top ten. Okay, it's on there. Um, our next movie is one I arguably I think this is going to be our worst segment of this podcast because we're talking about the boy and the heron, but it's a movie that we both walked out of the theater. And wanted to go back in and see it again because we're just like we did not give that. I think we were just tired that day or something. We walked out. We were both like we did not give this movie what it deserved it as an audience member. Completely our fault. I don't know what happened. It was a noon movie or noon thirty, you know, around that time. And yeah, I just felt like this movie showed up. And we didn't. Um, pretty pumped about this movie going in, too. Uh, but maybe not on that day. And I, I think it completely affected how I experienced it. Uh, Boy and the Heron is the final film by Hao Miyazaki. Maker of uh, plenty of great movies. Uh, but notably, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Which is, uh, I think, my just favorite movie in general. Or that's at least what I tell people when they ask. Um, here's my honest theory about this movie. I think in five years, uh, when we've revisited it enough, we're going to be like, how is this not our favorite movie that year? I, that's what I truthfully believe. And be- because we didn't show up on the day and, uh, I w- what, what happened? And this is actually an experience I've heard other people talk about. It's just so much in this movie. Go on. There's so many ideas. Uh, and there's so much life in here, like I couldn't really wrap my head around it in the movie, and I almost like my brain just like could try anymore, you know. And it overloaded. And once I now, I, when I have time to go back and dissect my feelings on every part of it, um, which I think probably all Hayao Miyazaki movies deserve, um, I think I'm I'm gonna find that I really enjoy it. Uh, but for right now, um. Incredible. This movie just has masterpiece written all over it. It's the final film by a, like a true great of like all time people who have made movies. 
uh, and just like really like powering through every last thought he has. Um, and we, yeah, we, we did. What, what if you said the movie showed up and we didn't? That's yeah, very true. That's, that's how it felt. It took me so long to get on this wavelength. And then when I did get on the wavelength, I was like, why wasn't I on the wavelength earlier? And I was examining my own feelings. And, you know, I did not go along for the ride uh, emotionally like I like I should have. Again, we, we like this filmmaker a lot. <laughs> and I feel like, uh, yeah, we didn't represent and I don't know, like I, like my ego, and my love of you know Studio Ghibli. Ghibli is a general. Which one it is? Clearly, we love it. We don't know how to say it. <laughs> Completely, I love it from afar and incorrectly. Um, you know, I want to put this up higher than my actual experience of the movie was. That's exactly how I was feeling. It's and so I, we weird. probably shouldn't do that. I was thinking about my personal estimations, and I was like, well, if I view it from how I felt in the theater. It's around here, and if I view it from how I think I should view it, and I think I will view it, it like shoots way up. Right. Uh, the things that I I think even even us uh, stupid little idiots uh, <laughs> could identify is the the stuff. One is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Every frame uh, is incredible, and it still has that thing about Miyazaki moments about uh, movies. The the stillness there and the, I forget the word for it but the moments in between moments like that is still mm. so ever present where uh, it it's just like not afraid to just be with you you know to let you be in that Miyazaki world uh, instead of throwing action at you all the time I it, it I mean it's, it's just very nice to like just put Miyazaki I think I, I did hear about this I think there is a thing you could do on Max which is just like Miyazaki still set to music. Oh, which fun! Like, why I like put that on the background at every second of my life. Completely. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it should be on our top ten. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a a, a twenty twenty three movies revisited, uh, and we'll let this movie be number one. That but, would kind of be fun to take whatever three uh, four three to five of these movies that were not that we say like we need to reassess and actually do that and then do a little show on that would be cool we it should be noted that we did the subtitled version not the dubbed which, which i've I heard mean, is very good the dub um so just you know those are you have that option when when seeing this movie of, of doing which one and there's some you know they got some a-list actors on there doing that hollywood dubbed yeah rob pat is the uh heron yeah, that's. I, it's hard to. <laughs> it is hard to. It's hard to really put, think put about. That, thinking about my visual of Robert Pattinson and my visual of the Heron uh, together, it's really hard to uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right, so let's see where this winds up. But we'll start it off in the in the bubble, or maybe. Yeah, I'll put in the short list. If it doesn't end up in the top ten, like I mean, it'll just the, make the, us look the, stupid the decades lo- from now. The loss is on us. That's right. Really. <laughs> Completely. We deserve it. Uh, the next movie. Uh, is uh, hold on, I gotta check. My, I think I might have made an error in my alphabetical order. <laughs> hold on, dude, alphabet's hard, man. Yeah, I almost did. Okay, the next movie, I'm gonna let you talk about this. As uh, this is actually, we were contentious on whether to even bring it up. I I might actually think it doesn't really get above the line. So I'll let you talk about it first. This is Michael Mann's Ferrari. Yeah, we did. We did have many debates about this. We saw this recently. Um, 
And honestly, I don't think either one of us was excited to really see it, except for the fact that it's Michael Mann. So he's a, you know, film director of note. And if we're into film, we should probably be following what he's doing. And uh, I love Adam Driver. I think he's a fantastic actor. And, you know, I hope he's a good person, too. Who knows? Um, so if if you're not familiar, this is, you know, this is not Ferrari's full life. He's already uh, won races. He's already started a car company. Uh, it's already doing well reputationally, but it's not doing well financially at the What's moment. What's the name of the car company? Uh, Ferrari. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, that by makes, the way. That makes sense. So we did have an over-under for how many times Ferrari would be said. I think our over-under was 30, and I think it was that was destroyed. I well, think you over, nailed that. Well, because and I, I, I looked at you, you didn't look back. You know, there's, there's a moment in the movie where his child, which he has with a mistress, just says Ferrari <laughs> like, over and over and over again out the window. How did I not, how did I not give you some, I was some love you, on like, that? Look at that. Like That's our 30 right there. I forgot about That's hilarious. Um, this is one of those movies that I mentioned earlier that I went to the restroom and, you know, I didn't, I didn't hurry back. I didn't feel so, you know, there's, so, okay. Things about this movie that I loved. The action scenes are amazing. Uh, the acting is amazing. The cinematography is gorgeous. It looks beautiful. The things I really didn't respond to in the story is kind of the the domestic storyline of hi, we're married, we're business partners, our marriage is not great, I have had a long-term affair, I have a girlfriend, I have a child with this girlfriend, and you know the, the child uh, is played well. And again, another, another kid actor who didn't annoy me. It's not the kid actors that annoy me. It's usually how kids are used in a movie story-wise. Let's get that straight. Um, and so the kid didn't really bother me here, but but he was, you know, one of the producers of the film or one of the executive producers. And I, I don't know if that affected the story. You know, a big question is whether or not the, uh, Enzo Ferrari is going to recognize his illegitimate child. Wait, what? Sorry, I thought you meant the actor who played the kid. Hell yeah, he's an executive like, producer. Obviously, no, he's, the he's guy. He's quite the, the powerful. The guy is the, the, Ferrari, the real Ferrari. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with it. it I, I, I think... My my feelings during this movie was uh, kind of shut up and get back to racing. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> what the, it was. The, the, the driving scenes are so good and intense, and everything else is kind of middling. The biopic stuff, the domestic stuff, I think is just so uh, things that are bad about movies like this. It's the there are two primary female characters. One of which is the job is the wife to go. I'm I'm mad that you're cheating on me, and the mistress's job is I'm mad that uh that you're not I'm not your sole lover, uh which is like I mean how many times have we done that like, exactly? Uh, the so performances are good. Performances uh, are really good. So that but that, that their characters are like I mean cardboard cutouts of like I'm the wife of a great man and I'm the mistress of a great man and we spend so much time on that part of the movie and I don't think it has anything interesting to say. I agree 100%. So those like domestic scenes involving the love triangle didn't resonate at all. What I also loved besides the action scenes, the car scenes, I did enjoy seeing how he operated within the town. Like I enjoyed it when he went to get a haircut. I enjoyed like, you know... When they were in church, I enjoyed seeing that. There was there was there's some odd little moments in that church scene with the uh, the Maserati team trying to beat the the record, 
racing around the track. Um, you get a very visceral sense of how uh, dangerous this sport is, um, which is wonderful, but is, I, I, this is what I, I think you said it earlier in the podcast, like where, no, you, you were, <laughs> this is before we started recording, we were kind of summing up my opinion on some movies. It was like, oh yeah, and racing's dangerous. <laughs> what do we think is going to happen? Um, so there's some, uh, some brutal, uh, racing scenes, some beautiful racing scenes, and I wish it was just all the racing scenes and not so much of the domestic drama. Uh, this doesn't make it to my top 10, but I'm really glad we saw it. I think it is worth talking about mainly for Adam Driver and for Michael Mann. Um, but yeah, I, I like this film, but I didn't, certainly didn't love it. No. One thing I was shocked about is, uh, how, kind of grounded this movie is eric messerschmidt is the uh, cinematographer uh and how like close we are to the to the people and especially adam driver and i i did note that i think that was an interesting way to uh, to go about it like i don't know it, like it feels like a week in the life movie even though i don't know exactly how much it spans like it actually as much as the it is really similar to a traditional biopic in that the, the women are cardboard cutouts uh, but other than that, I actually I I I, I like this way of of tackling a, a great man movie, and I, I I agree with that. And something about the plot and the story the storyline seems to rest on. In order for uh, Ferrari to retain uh, his company, for it to make money, you know, he has to sell more cars, and the way he's going to sell more cars is he's going to win, you know, try to win this big uh, long race. And, you know, finished in the top three with all three of his cars or whatever. Uh, and I just, so if that is how it worked, you know, go team. But what it felt like from the outside is them like streamlining the screenplay so that the audience will have like, there's one big dramatic point of contention, whether he's going to win this race or not. If he wins the race, then he gets to keep the company. And it just felt, it felt Hollywoody. It felt screenplay writing. It, you know, it felt like, how can we make this, you know, audience care about this? And how can we give it one climax? You know, so I don't know if that's the truth or not, but, but it felt artificial. So it took me out of the story because they kind of explain it that way. You know, they're not really obvious about it, but it was like, hey, audience, it's really important he wins this race. Otherwise, he doesn't get to keep the company. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm oversimplifying their oversimplification, but not very, by very much. Yeah, I would say though that this movie does probably get the award for most unrecognizable Patrick Dempsey. Didn't know he was in it, but liked him. <laughs> like really, he was, I immediately liked his character. Yeah. I like those lunch scenes. Like the, the, that kind of day in the life stuff was really is really fun. Yeah, uh, our next movie uh, is Godzilla minus one. I will actually also let you lead this one. Okay, so I've been wanting to see this movie ever since several friends of mine on Facebook, who I respect uh, their movie tastes, uh, raved about this thing. And so I've been really excited about it. Um, and we this may be a continual theme in our conversation, but I was a little underwhelmed. I think probably because I thought it was going to be so good. And it was, it was fine. It was good. Like, Barbie was good to me. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, Barbie has a little more intellectual, a lot more intellectual humph kind of behind it. Uh, but my reaction was like, oh, right, that was enjoyable. Uh, but it, it didn't make the level of like, 
uh, fantastic film that makes me want to fight to kind of put this in my top 10. Things I liked about it, it looked cool. Godzilla was cool. Uh, it, but it seemed to be a fairly straightforward action film, save for that it's Japanese-made and takes place in Japan. And because Japan's a culture I don't know that much about, but I'm fascinating with, like that, that was still kind of cool. It was kind of cool seeing the Japanese sensibility post-war, all the things that, you know, they went through, um, the idea of kamikaze and sacrifice were interesting because it, you know, plays differently with different cultural values than, you know, certainly modern day United States. Um, so I found it fascinating on all those levels, but it didn't, uh, it didn't go above and beyond to reach some kind of like film versus like a cool movie. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I, um, this just felt like a, a like a normal big ticket action movie, but Japan. And honestly, that was enough for me. I think it yeah. was on, it's interesting to see like <coughs> how they choose to tackle uh, that. Like that uh, that's enough as an exercise. It's interesting, and then it's enough like I mean, the soul of the movie is really about uh, you know post war Japan. But I, I think it has just so much. Uh, like just like bad action movie stuff, you know. That's that's in it. That it doesn't feel uh, particularly inspired. But like, I it, yeah, it was interesting enough for me as a audience member to to see that uh, from an, from not America, you know, like from a, from a different perspective than I'm used to. You're right. That 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 is completely enough. A couple of things that we both noticed uh, and talked about afterwards uh, was. I want to say like the sensitivity of the protagonist when, you know, there's a very big Hollywood ending basically to this movie and the way this Japanese film and Japanese hero uh, greets the love interest seemed just a different energy than what I would imagine an American Hollywood movie of the same thing would do. Um, and I, so that was kind of fascinating, too. And that wasn't just at the ending, also. That was like other points during the film. It's a little more complex than I think the Hollywood version of this would be. You're saying you're glad this movie didn't star Jason Statham? <laughs> I am, indeed. He's a beekeeper. Did you know that? He's a beekeeper. But it's not He's just bees. He's fighting it's... for the working class. Working class hero Jason Statham. This last trailer I liked better than the previous trailers, but didn't matter. Uh, um, but, I, but I digress. Bad. Sorry about that. Uh yeah yeah uh yeah there's good stuff in this movie. there's also just this bad stuff in this movie but uh yeah it doesn't need to be in our top ten I'm glad we saw it Godzilla is cool fighting Godzilla especially fighting Godzilla in boats is never not gonna be cool that's true and again this the effects were cool and, and this was a scary Godzilla it was nice to see that's what uh, somebody had said in the review and I was looking forward to that and I got that I was like oh yes Godzilla is terrifying. I, I get why you're scared. Yeah. Um, similar to Ferrari, though, human stuff not nearly as interesting. This movie belongs with Godzilla, and belongs with uh, the the reckoning with uh, Japan post war and moving into the future. And some of the like, just the the interpersonal stuff felt like it felt like you know. And I what I was wondering is I wonder if this movie listens better than it does read. I was thinking about how much of this is like. 
is it at all being dumbed down the dialogue uh for english audiences yeah that's and yeah. it's subtitling because it felt like sometimes like like you could see the bullet points on the scene like you could you could read very clearly like this scene is supposed to convey this and this one this and right. that's sometimes i mean though you know we like to understand the movies but uh when it's too obvious uh it doesn't work yeah another kid that i didn't that i liked in this a really cute kid a cute young young kid yeah uh, that's a, that was kid, good that, does that kid even know it's in a movie you know i just said did i say it does that kid even know she's in a movie <laughs> so that's what I mean. It's a very young. It's a different than I feel like your normal. This kid was one of the pro- producers <laughs> on this film. Actually, <laughs> it's it's. I feel it's different than your normal child actor range of annoyance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not not. I don't think we have to worry about this one in the top ten at all. But I'm glad we saw it, and I would encourage y'all to see it. Uh, you know, if you're into that kind of thing. Okay, our next movie is The Holdovers, directed by Alexander Payne. I have uh. My resistance to this movie, I think, is totally from baseless generational resistance of I feel like this movie is for olds, and yeah. I want to prove that I'm not an old. Uh, but I, I don't know why. It's, it is a really good movie. I, I think, actually, you know, regardless of that joke, I, I think I am resistant to a little bit of what I feel is its Hollywood uh, roundness. And maybe some of it's, uh, we talked about gentleness in movies uh, again, where I, I feel like actually maybe this movie could have used more of a bite uh, like uh, some of the other Alexander Penn movies I enjoy more. Uh, but other than, I mean, it's a very good movie. I don't know what to like say against it. Like uh, There's something keeping me from loving this movie, but there's it, it is, I this is another one of those where I'd be like, I'd be fine with it on the top ten. I'd be fine with it out of the top ten. Paul Giamatti uh very good uh divine joy randolph i i hope i'm saying that correctly uh is also very good dominic sessa the, the new the new the new dominic sessa um also uh very good but um yeah something kept me i think i honestly think it is the and this is part of the appeal of the movie is it's harkening back to a, to hollywood of old like not old hollywood but like a hollywood of of um three or four or two decades ago uh and uh maybe i i i felt that i i don't know i could have used some new energy yeah i i hear all of that I, that makes sense i was not excited to really see this we i think we, we we had to see it as a family including your mom and uh we had bandied about a few other options and this was one we could uh could all agree on but i wasn't excited i thought i knew what this movie was going to be based on the trailer and Which was awful, awful trailer. Awful trailer. One of the worst Sacrum. trailers for a good movie. Yeah, so this movie was a really nice, I guess the opposite of what we've been talking about with movies being built up as so good. Uh, though I had heard this was very good, but I was still really surprised how much I enjoyed it, how the story, it takes its time, lovely in a lovely way. Uh, it's It was a really great a holiday movie to see and kind of immediately kind of got me into the spirit uh this this season which i which i needed um paul giamatti was great all the all the three leads were were wonderful i thought the writing was was great and surprising in certain ways i thought the ending was necessary and good and earned um i really enjoyed this movie i was and i'm surprised at how much i enjoyed it 
it's much better than than it looks. I'll, I'll say that. This is a good uh, movie to see. All three of us as a family. It and really yeah, nice it was. family. It's a nice holiday movie added to the new Christmas canon or whatever. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope this is one we watch again, and I hope we want to watch it again, whether we do or not. You know, like I hope we hope we get to it if we if. That's what I'm curious to see if this time next year, or not this time, but a few months ago, year later, you understand. Um, if we're like, man, we should watch the holdovers. Like, and I hope we do. One thing I noticed is I was about to call this movie long, and I wanted to be exact, so I checked it, and it's actually only two hours. But and it takes its time, right? It does take its time, and I felt maybe sometimes that... Uh, but I don't know if I, I kept the same amount of emotional engagement throughout the entirety of it. At the end, I like I, I did felt that I got where it wanted me to be, but I also felt like there was a, a straighter, better line uh to get there. Uh this movie does take some some detours. But I yeah, I, I honestly think my resistance to this movie is my own and doesn't have uh really anything to do with its quality. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I would like this in the top ten. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Um, it's this eye that still gets me. Honestly, it it that emotional beat worked for me. Very cool. Our next movie is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I I'm pretty sure you like this movie more than I do, so I will let you lead. So I I did enjoy this movie. It is. It is a very, there's not a lot of fat in this movie uh, at all. We meet some disparate characters who are, a lot of them are involved in the environmental movement, but maybe like more Greenpeace than Earth First. And the movie tracks a little bit of their journey into becoming more, uh, volatile is not the word, but revolutionary maybe the right word. And it is literally about them trying to destroy a pipeline. And we have disparate characters coming together. We have uh, we have a, a, a lesbian couple, one of whom has cancer from growing up near an oil field. Uh, and she is gung-ho and her partner is less so. We have uh, an owner of land uh, who's worried the land's going to be worthless. And his wife and what they're trying to do. Um, I'm forgetting the, the rest of the characters we have. Uh, we have a boyfriend-girlfriend situation where are they working with the feds? Maybe they are. Maybe they're working with them. Maybe they're going to double-cross them. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to double-cross their people. Uh, what I find really fascinating about this, and I didn't know this until afterwards, is that this book is based on a nonfiction book. And it's... It seems to be a really interesting adaptation because we're taking this nonfiction book, which I have not read, but from what I hear is, you know, essays on why we should be more um, urgent and uh, militant with our environmental actions and trying to change things before we screw up this planet like we already are. Um, so as far as that exercise, turning that kind of nonfiction essay type encouragement book into like a narrative feature is fascinating to me also. Uh, I, I just found, yeah, I found it compelling and interesting. Yeah, I have a feeling I would like the nonfiction book uh, more than the movie it is based upon. Though I do actually uh, 
quite enjoy this movie. I just felt like uh, what is interesting to me about a movie about getting a bunch of different characters out in a remote area to do a task is the interactions between said characters and the actual uh, the the play-by-play of seeing them do the task. And I don't think that movie succeeds effectively on either of those two points. I don't think the characters are interesting enough that their their interactions are are fun. Or not that they have to be fun, but that their interactions are are interesting. At least I think like they're not. I I don't think the I mean, the movie doesn't really even have time to flesh out the characters that well. That's a good. Point. I got the this. Well, this is really what happened. I got this movie uses flashbacks and flashbacks for each character that kind of describes how they got there and shows their dissatisfaction with uh, current less uh, less effective methods of uh, protesting uh, climate change or, or trying to prevent climate change. And to say, I think I got rightfully worried when they started doing flashbacks. I think some of them work better than others. Where I was like, oh. Okay, so we're this next five minutes of the movie is explaining how we got here, but like, well, how about we show that through dialogue? How about we get a chance to have these characters interact with each other in a meaningful way? Though I do think the end, the actual like, they're blowing up the pipeline, uh, becomes very interesting and it ends in a good place. It just it didn't. I felt like this is a very exciting. Film. It's directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Um, well, exciting directing, like an exciting story, but I wish it. It didn't get all the way there for me. Like, this is enough for me to go, like, this is promising, but this is not, like, the fit. Like, I'm sure, like, the next movie is going to be great, but not yet, you know? I hear that. That resonates with me. I got nervous on the flashbacks also. Uh, I, d- I desperately want you to see the first season of Lost in second season, too. Uh, but it follows a little similar format. You know, we get to know some of these individual characters through flashbacks before, like, the big event where they are. And, again, some of these work better than others. The f- But w- I was worried it was gonna just kind of going to be um, a little boring, actually, uh, on the flashbacks. But I, most of them worked for me. And again, I'd rather see them in action on how they got – because blowing up a pipeline is a big damn deal. And so how do you get a character to, to – get to there uh, I wanted to see and I'd, I'd rather see that in the flashback form than like a conversation of well how'd you get to where you're gonna blow up a pipeline I mean they wouldn't have done that but you know what I'm saying um, so I felt the interactions were believable on that I liked it it was just um, yeah I liked it it was a good film yeah. it felt like to me the flashbacks were kind of doing that though of, uh, it was just the, the movie being like this is how they got to blowing up a pipeline yeah, but I want to know that. I mean, I that's that could have been done. There's a better been movie. Done better. There's a better movie in this movie, and I, I, it's the annoying thing to me. But like, this is good, but there's great in this, and it didn't get there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was great in it, but yeah, I hear you. This doesn't need to be in my top ten. It doesn't need to be in mine either. I don't think. But let's, let's put it like around. Yeah, I, I feel like I came off too harsh. I'm not rooting for this movie. Like, I'm not like, yay, this movie's not in our top ten. Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than uh. I think I came off. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be in my top ten either, but we'll we'll figure that out. It certainly doesn't need to be high, high, if it is. Okay. Our next movie is, I think, going to be our biggest argument point. Well, now I feel like I have to argue with you, no matter what happens. Yeah, that's true. This is David Fincher's The Killer. I uh, 
pretty much love this movie. Uh, I think it is uh, it's a story we've seen uh, countless times before, the hitman out for revenge, and Fincher uh, doing his thing of, of elevating this to really something uh, incredible. Uh, what it does, again, with the uh, subjectivity and objectivity and the way the music is used, I, this, this movie felt like a full frontal assault of like, I'm going to quote a... Uh, uh, Kate Blanchett again, like, this is a movie. Yeah. You know, that's a movie. Like, that, this felt like it was using all this, like, it's, it was engaging on a purely entertaining level while also being, like, thoughtful and having something interesting to say about the world. Uh, and it's nice, like, a two hour, like, contained, uh, movie that I feel like has such a tight control characteristically, uh, like, such a tight control over what it is. Uh, pretty much an infinitely rewatchable movie for me. Uh, I'm I'm very passionate about uh the killer. Um, I you're less so. I'm ruining this podcast. I don't think I am anymore. I think I like this movie more than I more than I've been. I don't think I, I'm not passionate about this movie, but I really liked it. It's really well done, and it 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 does not it avoids some of the traps that like a a again as you know a phrase we're using often, but like it works. Uh, the lesser version of this movie would uh, would have bored the hell out of me. I I think I like this movie a lot. Um, I want to see it again. I want the one this on my list of ones to revisit. Um. Because at the time, I think I just saw it as just an exercise in making a slick movie unslick, almost. Um, but yeah, I, I like this movie. I like the ending. I like the, the tagline of, of who he is and who we are and who they are, the they. Um, and Michael Fassbender is imminently watchable. You know, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun watching him work and do things. Um, I like this movie. I just didn't love it. I just don't. It didn't get me emotionally. That's what it was lacking for me. Like it was felt like a really fun. I mean, exercise is not the right word. Um, a really cool film, but it it kind of kept me at a, a an arm's length distance emotionally, and so that's thing what prevents me from probably loving this film. Maybe like you do. Yeah, I think what it gets at is, uh, in terms of the emotional connection for me, is that it's about one of my favorite things for stuff to be about recently. Like, I don't know, I guess maybe it's where I am in terms of uh, adolescence into adulthood. But, like, what, how you react to learning you are smaller in the world than you once, like, thought you were, and how little, how, how you handle how what little control you have and i think this is a movie about a person uh realizing like like a like a breaking down of them and realizing they're smaller than they thought they were what i think is very human and very 21st century um and to be able to do that which i think is very poignant and an emotional thing while also being uh eminently entertaining at every uh, stop and being this great action movie as well as what I just said like I think it is um, like I, I to have to be both on a baseline level 
incredibly entertaining and have like these great fight scenes and these cool slick areas uh while also having a i think a pretty strong maybe hidden but i think if you're willing to find it a pretty strong beating heart uh yeah i i i I think i think this movie's pretty great and also just like when it ended uh when we watched it for the first time i was just like it's over already like this movie feels like 15 minutes Mm. in like the best way (coughs) uh incredible like it's also like (laughs) deeply funny too uh and i i don't think this movie had like i see this one this is such an interesting thing for me because people i really respect and liked uh had negative opinions on it and i was like did we see the same movie like usually when people say like we watched a different movie it's because like everybody loves this is a situation where i feel like i'm championing this movie against people that i feel like should like this movie not liking it hmm um Tilda Swinton, did I mention Tilda Swinton's in this movie? That's always a good sign for a movie. And I loved their scene. Yeah. I um, thought that was that was pretty great. But it's like that, and it's 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 episodic in the way it moves, and each episode has something uh uh else to enjoy about it entirely, <laughs> and it, it comes together to make this great whole. I don't think I'm talking about this movie very well. I think I'm almost blindsided by my enthusiasm for it. Uh, I think this is yeah. I this this is pretty pretty up my alley. Yeah, I'm not gonna fight this being in the top ten. I'm not. <coughs> yeah, this this uh has to be uh, uh pretty much in the top ten for me. The next movie is Killers of the Flower Moon, which is probably the most top ten movie we have here. Not that I, I think it's either of our favorites, but I mean, what what are we doing if this movie is not the 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 top ten? It's it's incredible. It's really uh, awesome. I, I I think it's uh, awesome. Feels like the, the the wrong word to describe a, a movie like this, but um, it is. I think one of the only. I think rarely ever would we describe a movie positively as a drudge, <laughs> but this movie is. Um, uh, how how long is it exactly? It is uh like three and a half hours, uh, and you feel really every minute intentionally. This movie is so uh depressive, and intentionally so, and so different than a a normal uh, a crime drama, even a normal uh, Scorsesean crime drama. Uh, I I think it's a real in- incredible artistic uh feat. I agree 100%. I love how the movie, first of all, another interesting adaptation, right? Again, based on a nonfiction book, this movie, apparently, have not read the book. Uh, Peggy has. Um, it, it, it deviates from the book to concentrate on one part of that story, and it does so in a way that includes... Uh, the Osage community, they were involved in this movie. Like, I guess what I'm saying is this is a white filmmaker telling a native story well and with the native community. Again, not from the native point of view. It is still, I would argue it is still, a, if you want to call it a, a, a white movie, I think that would be apt. 
It is, but at least the the community was involved in it and is pleased with it. It were major parts uh, of the no, movie. Yeah, nor nor does this movie get made at that scale. I don't think, and obviously I'm not a professional. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I I was going to say before I doubt myself that I don't think this movie at this scale gets made by somebody other than Martin Scorsese. I think you're absolutely right, and the ending of this movie just is chef's kiss it's incredible another great ending are you talking about the coda or the last shot i mean the, both i'm, I'm talking what well, the both i was talking about the coda but both um both are amazing um really great acting uh leo's uh, frown annoyed me a little bit i got tired of seeing it i think leo's here's the piece i've come to with leonardo caprio's performance in this movie uh much talked about i think it it captures the essence of the movie very well because he plays uh stupid and not even like charmingly stupid um like like really a, a tough person to lead a three and a half hour tough person to like movie yeah and then you don't you don't throughout the whole movie. the movie doesn't want you really to like him you might feel sorry for him in certain aspects and because uh we haven't, we'll, we'll get to lily gladstone because lily gladstone is so good we buy her attraction to him uh but i i think he is he captures the same unchanging difficulty the whole movie does so I think it is the perfect performance to lead this particular movie. Yeah, I'm not criticizing the performance at all. Is his frown? You know, I got tired of the frown, and you can say that I don't think that's his, part uh, of the what, performance necessarily. His beaker, his beaker mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that's all I'm. I you know that was a, a, somewhat annoying. Uh, I thought the movie was was pretty great though, actually. And this I this is one I'm sure we're going to revisit as well. Um. I would have liked to before before this. I would have liked to also because I'm curious. Actually, I mean, I'm curious. I would like to see this and Oppenheimer kind of near near in time to each other. The problem with bringing so many good movies is that so many of them were so long. Yeah, and I, it's difficult to go, to get multiple well, we viewings have, in when there's we talked about movies we hadn't seen to to go back for another three and a half hours completely. And let's for the record, I like long movies. Uh, but yeah, it makes it hard to kind of schedule and get them in again. Uh, you know, we're not going to say anything about this movie that you know you probably don't already know. But uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought the acting was great. Uh, I missed Lily Gladstone during the part of the story where she kind of goes away. Uh, I, I, I missed her a lot because she, um, she's so much like she's so it, it, her presence is just so. Words cannot describe how in it. I think the great she is in this movie. I think when she's acting alongside Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's absolutely no question who your focus is on. I mean, that's pretty outstanding. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, the criticisms of like the story of this that I've read and are just the criticisms of like the society and the world we live in. You know, it is it is insane what happened and happens. And, um, yeah, I, I need another screening. I mean, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I was proud for Jason Isbell, uh, uh yeah, being in it and doing a great good, job. He's, he's good. good in it. I figured he would just have a tiny role. Some of the other musical castings, I mean, there was one scene. It was the first. Yeah, you're talking about the Sturtle Simpson scene, which I, I don't think, I, I do remember that being 
one of the only scenes that I remember specifically not working in. This movie. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this this feels different. This scene doesn't work as well. It felt it felt faker. Uh, yeah, in a movie that I think is trying so hard to be an unsensationalized version of this story. Yeah, it took me out of the story a little bit. Uh, but that's that's a pretty minor complaint. Um, I you know when I I I didn't love it, love it though. I expected is that, that true? I loved it, loved it. I don't think I loved it, loved it. I just loved it, you know. But I expected it to be. I think my expectations are too high on certain movies that I that are important to me, or that I feel like might be important to me, and I think um, I I think I I I don't think I loved it, loved it like I wanted to love it, love it. But again, I want to see it again. No, we haven't mentioned the Jesse Plemons is in that movie. That's how you know it's a good movie if we don't first mention that Jesse Plemons is in it. Yeah, no kidding, right? He's very good. He's doing he's doing his yeah. Nope. The F- FBI. Well, I heard I think it was uh it was Amanda Dobbins on the big picture podcast. So like it's a really good kind co- dumb Leonardo DiCaprio and smart Jesse Plemons. It's a very good uh very good scene, combo scene combination. That's uh, she's she's nailed it. That's that's fun. That's true. But what a I I don't think we talked about the ending enough and not to be too I don't know. I don't think it, it ruins the movie, but uh, I don't know how do I, how how do I want to word this? I think to be as someone as old as Scorsese is, and someone who is like you know decades into being cemented as an like an all time great, uh, to be able to make a a move that is so introspective and almost like. I unselfconsciously self-conscious, you know, and that that's something that like it's it's great to know that our best artists in their eighties are still capable of pulling off things like that. That is so true. It is so inspirational in a, in a, in a ton of ways. On that, and you know, there's I think I've told you this, uh, Rainier Maria Rilke, uh, poet uh, who I love, who wrote a book called Letters to a Young Poet which are letters to a young poet. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. And one of the things that he has said, and I think it's in that book, but it may be just in other writings, uh, resolve always to be a beginner. And I, that is, you know, I, I'm a big fan of inspirational quotes, but that is one that is one I that I think I've wanted to live by and have lived by, or certainly try to, uh, to always be able to reassess to try new things to not have to be the expert to learn always learning and i think that's so cool that scorsese at his age and experience and wisdom and skill is still i think he embodies that you know he is questioning his his role as an artist he is questioning how he does things he is working on things like this he um i don't know it's very inspirational uh, trust me, no one would confuse you for acting like an expert. Hey oh <laughs> Um Yeah. A must must top tenner. Must top ten. Must top ten. Uh our next movie, uh I think is honestly the movie I have the most complicated feelings on right now. Uh and I'm gonna let I I think you should lead this one because I'm kind of a tempest right now. <laughs> about this so let's see if i can use these extra uh, extra a minute or two 
put my feelings <laughs> together. That movie is Maestro. I enjoyed Maestro a lot. Um, so for those who don't know, this is, um, goodness gracious, Bradley Cooper um, doing a project for Leonard Bernstein. He's playing him. Uh, it's I was excited about this one because I wanted to see New York Life. I love a, mu- a movie like this introduces me to music that I don't really know. And so I was I was pretty excited. And uh Carrie is Carrie? Carrie Mulligan, yeah. Carrie Mulligan again. Maybe I messed up her last name, but I I, I I think she's fantastic. I love her. I think she's great in everything. And um I was thrilled to see her in this and she is great in this. Um I really liked it. The 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 movie opens with a flourish of acting and music and directing and camera movement that immediately put me in the right zone of like, okay, we're going to do some fun stuff with this. If if Scorsese is a master acting self-consciously, Bradley Cooper is a beginner acting boastfully, I think. Boastfully, not, not, I do not mean that as a pejorative. Oh, okay. How do you... What do you mean? Well, I think somehow I I mean that it, I think it is a movie that makes you constantly aware that it is directed by a director. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like I I could feel, maybe this is just because I have too maybe it's a little too inside baseball, but it, it feels like a movie. Uh, I don't want to. Grusin Leach kept using the term "movie made by a person," and I don't mean the same way. But it feels like a, a movie that lets you know it was made by a human being, and that there was like intentionality behind the camera. Movie. It does it. It's not a movie that wants you to think it just came from the ether, you know? Yeah, I hear that. It's got style. It's got style. It's got flourishes. Yeah. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yes. Uh, which, and not all of them work to me. Um, but a lot of it really does. Uh, everybody is so charming. And uh, as Bernstein, you just, the charisma oozes, especially. Hold on. Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. It's Leonard Bernstein. So they they mispronounce it like it's you know it's a song. So it's not. I should not be using REM together how to pronounce his name. Uh no no they are good for all other things though. Okay. But uh, you know to make the beat of that uh that piece of music work less. Leonard Bernstein. Anyways, um I think we can use it for Bernstein correctly. Um. Which well, we, I'll, we, I'll tell you what, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. That's one thing I know for sure. That is Sorry, I'll let you get on with your point. No, no, no. I'm in I, a goofy, silly mood. I like I, I'll, Maestro I'll, for some reason. Do REM lyrics all day, if you let me. Um, so I, it's uh, sumptuous, it's beautiful. It, um, talking about it now makes me uh, think, what didn't I really like about it? Because I don't remember coming away thinking this was amazing. Um, but what didn't I like about it? Because right now, thinking back on talking to you, uh, it's hard to th- come up with quibbles, you know? Yeah, I walked out of this movie pretty much loving it, and my opinion has lowered on it the more I thought about it, and the more I examined it. I think I think what happened is I saw Ferrari, and I was like, this is bad biopic stuff. Let me think back to my maestro and see if it, it has similar things. Uh, and I, 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 I think I've 
walking away a part of myself that really enjoys this movie. Because honestly, I didn't mind the directorial flourishes. I thought it was like, this is a story that could have been told much worse without those things. It just felt like you're making a, a something interesting. And I don't think... I I'm even resistant to to liking Bradley Cooper. I have actually no idea why. I think someone who just I have a, a mental holdout on. But like, what? Would you, I mean, do you want to be a, you want to be directed worse? I mean, like, what what are we talking about here? Like, this is like from the moment, and this is not the first shot, but there is a shot in which it, he is uh, laying in bed and he has like curtains that are made to look like stage curtains. I mean, that's how it's shot to look like that. And the second I saw that, I was like, okay, this is like, this is going to be good. Like, I, 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 I appreciated the flourishes because when you are telling what could be a very traditional and maybe even like middling biopic, I think you need that kind of energy in it. And I don't think the movie is a middling biopic as some of its critics, uh, may say it is. I think it actually treats the Carrie Mulligan character with much more respect than a worse movie would i think it's the the dichotomy between them like there there is of course some of the like um like i'm mad that you cheated on me thing but like well, people are mad when you cheat on them like <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't feel as by the books as certainly it did in ferrari uh i agree thinking about these two together uh, biopics like this is definitely the superior movie uh, in, in my opinion, I love there, there's 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 a scene that I, I say that I didn't like at the time. And I, I don't think I did, but I respect it and want to see it again. It was it goes a little surreal for a little bit. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan are uh, visiting somebody They're on stage and we kind of go into one of their shows that he did music on and almost like they're kind of actors in it with actors that kind of appear out of nowhere and kind of go away out of nowhere but they're on full costume and we're getting we're getting he's doing storytelling through dance and like for some reason when that happened maybe because it does feel a little bit isolated compared to the rest of the movie i was like well, what are we doing? That's weird. But that now I'm like, didn't... I really respect that. I love that he did that. I'm not positive it worked, but I love that he went for that. Yeah, that actually didn't work for me. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure that it worked for me either, but I respect the shit out of it, that he did it. Yeah, that's that's another thing like that. The the moment, the kind of montage type thing of her being overshadowed, uh, the Caramel character being overshadowed by, by Burton. Oh, I guess it burns it by Leonard's... Lenny. By, Lenny. By Lenny's... Uh, fame uh and then the transition there from black and white to color the uh i i was really pretty enthralled with the movie uh at every point after that uh bradley cooper is so i think so good <laughs> so good uh it, i mean it's a it's a, a mannered performance but it i i don't think it should lose points because of that um i yeah I, there's something I was just in in this movie. This movie had me. It was working with me um, emotionally because I think it really is like it doesn't like talk about the the biopic problem. Uh, I don't really feel like I know very much about Lenny's life after seeing the movie, and I think so many of those types of movies are over concerned with giving us the the like the 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 wikipedia description of their life right the big awards the big yeah, yeah. and while this movie is concerned with i think a, a truth about their 
relationship and them as human beings outside of them as figures. And now, there, of course, there's the big orchestra moment, the church that's been talked about. Uh, maybe that moment had been over-publicized by the time I had seen it, but that I remember thinking, like, this is really cool, but it didn't hit me like I wanted it to. Not as much as Same a with of, me. Uh, him composing the choir while she is there in the back of that scene actually did really work C- for conducting me. yeah yeah conducting sorry yeah not composing well because um, he just i wouldn't it wasn't trying to be a dick but because because he composes also so i didn't want to no and he's conducting uh the choir by the my hawk great supporting performance in this movie yeah good scenes uh yeah this this movie i think is so much more emotionally invested in its two central characters than uh the kind of movie that it, again this is this is one of those things i've been pretty good about this on this podcast because last year i felt that i was bad at where i felt like i was instead of talking about the movie i was talking about other people's opinions on the movie but i just feel like with people who really don't like this movie it's like we saw a different thing like i i feel like this movie is so much more emotionally intelligent than they give it credit for I I don't know who you're responding to. Nobody. But, the, the void. Like but, but, somebody, I, but you're not wrong. Like a Reddit comment, probably. Sure. I, I get it. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It cares about the characters. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. And I, I, I don't think I would have said off the cuff, like, it, you know, it needs to be in the top ten, but maybe it does. Yeah, I think... Coming into this, I was like, it's fine if it's not in the top ten. But no, I I think we both really enjoy this movie. And I think on our top ten, it belongs there. You I, know? Think, like, I think you're right. I, th- I think you're right. Absolutely. The the choice, by the way, to, to score it with Lenny's music, uh, I thought was a, I, a pretty great. I think it's hard when you're making a movie about an artist uh especially when uh we'll talk about a different movie about an artist later but when you're really wanting to instill that this art is great and this art is magnificent you can do uh showy stuff like the the church scene but the 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 score stuff also uh does that it helps that you're living with the art while the movie is uh going on with you and you're getting to hear it and i didn't find you you said the west side story moment did not work for you that's the only time when i recognized a piece of lenny's music I think it's the only time I did also. I think that's maybe why it was just such a famous, or maybe it's not, but I think it is, uh, famous music little section that it took me out of the story that I was watching and put me in West Side Story. Oh, yeah. It it combined worlds for me there, especially given the tone of the scene in which the the music is being played for. I just remember there was a drive. It was like the car driving at home, right? That's what I... Yeah, but it's him. It's... She's like feeling negative about him and he's got and the he two shows guys. up and he's got uh the particular one one man who uh he's having an affair with or we're led to believe he's having an affair with um with him and i thought i don't know and viewing it from far away is like that's one of those things like this is stylish uh and is cl- again letting me know it's directed by a director um but it, I, like I, I don't really care if it works yeah I you know that. if it's 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 stylish and it's interesting and i yeah uh it's a it's a less like i don't want to fall into the like oh my god I, bradley cooper is this genius director thing and i don't even know why because i really like this movie so he might be um but yeah i i don't know why like i feel like this movie is less interesting if not directed by bradley cooper in the way that he directed it yeah i hear that 
I agree with that. Good stretch of movies we're really passionate about it. We're going to be continuing that on with uh, Todd Haynes's May December, also on Netflix. Oh, going back to Maestro on Netflix. Like, why? I feel like they should have made a bigger deal about this movie. The, people talk about this the Netflix problem, how things go to Netflix to never be heard from again and lose all cultural relevancy they possibly could have had. I think this happens with the killer. It maybe happened Maestro, Maestro less so. Maybe, but also like such a good movie to see in the theater. I feel like they should have pushed it harder. Yeah, I can't speak to that. Well, because it's just because of the music. Or, or you, you're talking about the Netflix the idea of the like Netflix. Effect. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a sense of whether this was pushed or not pushed. I don't know. I mean, I certainly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This seems like the movie that we should be able to talk about with our non-movie interested like family friend. I mean, maybe I'm just because Star is Born was such a sensation. Uh but you, so you don't think we can? They could, but I feel like they should have come to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I feel like Susu, our matriarchal figure, should have been like that. Feel like should have been like I just saw my maestro. I loved it. Yeah, and like the fact that that's not happening, I think is a failure on Netflix's part. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have. Yeah. I don't have much to weigh in on 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 that. I was trying to think if I could remember the trailer, and then I did. Mainly, I remember that part where they he first meets uh, Carrie Mulligan's. Or what's her name? She had a crazy good name, weird name. I don't remember. Okay, I'm gonna as you introduce the next movie, I may find that out because it was just such a f- old school name. May December is uh, a movie directed by Todd Haynes. Uh, <laughs> I talk about subjectivity and objectivity. Uh, I, maybe I'll give a little bit of a plot description. Uh, it's about an actress uh, coming in to do research on a uh, a still together couple that were a part of a tabloid scandal because the much older woman uh, groomed this young boy. And uh, I like it when this does almost the thing I was said I was. Uh, proud that anatomy of a fall didn't do uh but it does it well where i think it is very actively engaging in the audience in a a game of how do you feel about this right like how are you going to react to this new information i give you but still doing the good thing of never coming to a verdict for the audience i think it as the characters become engaged in uh what do other people think or what is actually happening there? The audience is, is equally taken along that ride. Um, and there's a lot of that. I think that is that experience and that engagement with the audience, I think certainly works, especially when it's helped out by three, uh, great performances. Natalie Portman, uh, uh, is very good. I don't know what I was going to say there. Julianne Moore, outstanding as Julianne Moore. Julian Moore is as Julian Moore does. Uh, Riverdale's Charles Melton. Uh, a lot has been said about this being his, right, his breakout into the prestige. And I don't know. I never watched Riverdale. I do wonder if, like, is it like a thing for Riverdale fans that he's like, is he the best Riverdale? You know? I, I don't know. He, point is, he's very, very good in this Yeah, movie. is he the Justin Timberlake who breaks out from the... But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know anybody watching that show just because it's a different age group or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, I think this movie ha- can be tender 
and emotional while at other points keeping not an ironic distance but a uh, or a comedic distance but a distance from the subject matter i think it really it, it works through those tones uh very effectively in that you don't notice that it's really switching tones that much I, it's a very i think it's a movie both like i'll let you talk about it as i feel i'm failing to put thoughts into words no i'm not sure i'll, I'll be i thought you were you were fine but i don't think i'll be, I'll be any any better um I really like this movie a ton. I and I really loved Natalie Portman. I thought Natalie Portman was incredible in this. Uh, I think all oh, the talk about mannered performance. So I, 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 I throw it, it off. I throw it off to you, and then I interrupt. <laughs> you. I, I think it's just that you have to become so attuned to her physical movements as part of the story, and maybe that's just a benefit of the performances that you do become so attuned to how she's acting, uh, and whether. It, it's possible similarities to the Julian Moore character that I do think there has to be a level of uh, specificity. Yeah, know? definitely specificity. It didn't feel mannered to me. I, I associate mannered as being a negative uh, in talking about an acting performance. May I'm may using it wrong. It's just that things have to be a certain way. Like, yeah, well, it, like they, it, this, this hand movement has to be this hand movement. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's not, I guess maybe it is, but because it, uh, that is a way of living in the character too. Yeah, but it also is like you are needing to show a very specific external thing. Mm-hmm. Like an uh, so that, we, we uh, when I in- say it, it doesn't necessarily. I'm not meaning it necessarily in a negative way. Gotcha. I hear that, and it, I don't. I don't think it's always negative. I think that may be me putting that on it too. Sometimes. Um, I I I. This is uh, is similar to the holdovers in this respect for me in that I was uh, – this was better than I thought it was going to be in, in a ton of different ways. I, I love the way – I love the tonal shifts are funny. I think the acting was great. It The horror of what happened and how to this kid and the way that it also seems kind of normal – at some points, but also never normal. Like she's, you know, they're, she's always to me, the mom mode, seeing them with their kids is kind of crazy, but also comfortable. It's, it's just a really interesting movie. I think that, uh, I think it was really well executed. I love the scene with her at the high school acting class. I think it works on so many levels. It's, delivers some theme stuff it gives her a chance to shine you see her charisma you see her to me i think you see her trying out what like ways of seduction in a safe way um i thought it was fascinating and i like the different layers to to uh, nellie portman's character's like home life and what's going on there um i thought this was a really really good film the the big well, I had a question. I don't know if I'm reading this cr- scene correctly. There's a there's a reveal towards the very end of the film. Film not not like the actual end where we see her as an actress working, but where she's at the event and you know earlier, um, Julianne Moore's son had you know floated the idea that Julianne Moore was abused as a kid and maybe this explained her abuse and the uh, way she is. And it seemed like Natalie Portman, I didn't really sense how much Natalie Portman apparently latched onto that. Um, but at the end, you know, the whole, there's a big reveal of 
of her going, oh yeah, you know, he's he was he was just kidding. He told me that. No, we don't know whether that's true or not. But the, it makes it set it up for this to be this big reveal and big dramatic moment, which I took to be like, this doesn't work. Duh, who cares? But I think it's the same music and style where we have the famous fridge scene where she's like, I don't know if we have enough hot dogs. So like maybe it even wasn't supposed to be that big moment that I'm I'm criticizing the film for not landing this big moment. But maybe it was never supposed to be a big moment or maybe it was never supposed to land like I thought it was. A lot has been said about I like that you said iconic fridge moment. So I think that is right. Uh, just because of the amount it's been a part of film discourse this year. I, I think both moments worked for me. For the hot dog moment, I think it's just uh, to to create May-December's own version of reality, like of baseline reality outside of uh, what we might expect from like a sensationalized depiction of uh, the relationship or from our own baggage to it, where like it zooms in like through ask very manipulatively uh just to reveal that like actually uh it's it's they're just talking about the hot dogs like it's not we're looking for something i think as audience members deeper and sinister and the movie's telling us like actually no real life works like this um and for that last moment i think it's just because just to show that natalie portman thinks she has it and maybe we as an audience member think we have it. Like we've finally gotten a grasp on what the reality of the situation is. And we think we understand the world around us. And I think that is just the movie saying like keeping us on our toes and just being like, actually, no, you don't know very much. Yeah. What I, one of the things I liked about this movie is also it defied my expectations on confrontation scenes. Like when I, uh, when we were talking about Ferrari and like I went to the restroom during a scene with the, you know, the mistress complaining and part of the reason why I felt I could take my time is I kind of already know what that scene is. I've seen it so many times. This this would introduce scenes and I would think I know where they're going and they would just be a little different. I'm um, thinking of the confrontation scene between Julianne Moore and was it Charles? Great, great great scene. scene and it just and so much it was different than it could have been completely. And the whole movie is like that, I think. The whole movie strives to be a little bit off of what you would expect and therefore i think a little bit truer to life yep and it's uh, in in surprising and very in very interesting ways i really like this movie no oh. uh, this is definitely in my top 10 yeah uh, me too if not for uh uh Tilda swinton and the killer i feel like cory michael smith would have whatever the, the award for uh batting a thousand and two scenes in a movie yeah his first this both scenes are good but his first scene too is like when we first see him it's like holy shit you are bringing it man yeah, this is good, and I'm always happy to see Corey Michael Smith uh, doing well. Yeah, me too. We uh, we are we're fans of him. He was uh, the Riddler in Gotham. If uh, if anybody if anybody watched that show besides us, <laughs> I'm not sure they did. Yeah, and he was he was I think one of the better parts of that show, which sometimes was not very good. Yeah, but although I actually well, we liked it. Remain, I liked that show. It, you know, it didn't. Yeah, we, but we, the we, point is he was good constantly, even if the show was not. There we go. Yes, well said. Uh. We're going to continue our role of, of top tenable movies. Uh, I'm actually a little conflicted on this. Uh, it's Oppenheimer. Huh? One of the movies of the year. Barbie is probably the movie of the year. But this is certainly close to it. Um, yeah, I, I want to hear your feelings before I share mine. 
So I I really dug this movie. I uh, I don't know. It's fun hearing smart people talk about smart things, and there's a lot of that in this movie. I also like movies and moments where uh, game recognizes game, and so I like the dynamic between Oppenheimer and the other scientists. Uh, I also like the Niels Bohr kind of relationship, and uh, I thought Matt Damon was excellent in this. I thought it was just, just a really, really, just a really solid movie. Um, some of the political intrigue and, uh, you know, Senate testifying or congressional testifying. I don't remember if it was House or Senate. Um, I liked that part of it, too. I liked it less. Um, I don't know. I, I Again, I just a really solid movie. I can't say that it blew me away. I mean, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was awful. That, it, that, that was, was unintentional. To, I was trying to tell whether you did that on purpose or not. I was, you know, honestly, I think I started not meaning to, but then I could have stopped it, and I, I just didn't. Um, I so I, I, I did, I, I, I did love this movie. I did learn about this movie. I was entertained the whole time. I liked the length. I liked that it took its time. Acting performances again were incredible. Visually, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really good film. I just don't know that it was. I don't know what I'm looking for. I wonder if I just, when was the last time I was blown away by something? Surely it's happened, you know? I don't know. Am I losing my ability to like go gaga over a movie? Because it feels like some of these I should be going gaga over. Are you feeling like the guy from Her? Are you feeling like Walking Phoenix from Her? I never saw it. Every every feeling, there's a quote, uh, some like God's loneliest man uh, kind of quote where he's like, uh, whatever, every feeling I feel now is just a lesser version of things I already felt. Oh like gosh, that's the sentiment. Do you feel like you're like that with movies? Because it is like, you're, like, well, whatever. the The best cast of SNL was the woman you were a teenager. You know, like it's that kind of a thing. Or it's like that where it does feel like the movies you love during a certain age range are your canon. I hope and that's nothing, not that. That makes can... a lot of sense, though. That makes a lot of sense. I don't. I hope it's not that. I don't think it's that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about this other than like it was a really well done movie and I really liked it and uh, I want to see it again. Yeah, I would say that what is so incredible that this movie is also sometimes I think what uh, puts me at a distance from it. I think the incredible feat of this movie is making a and it's been talked about a movie that is mainly just people talking into this incredibly exciting blockbuster hit and everything uh feels high pressure and like it really keeps you engaged as a viewer i think it helps it that people uh i mean this is the second it's a three-hour movie about a historical figure in the second highest grossing movie of this year i think that is this is like the like is it the christopher nolan master stroke you know, of being able to bring his, like, huge IMAX excitement to a more intimate story. And it helps that the dialogue uh, is uh, a little bit more uh, Hollywoody and biting than I think uh, sometimes Nolan uh, works with uh, in, in prior situations. But, yeah, I think uh, that as a feat uh, is worthy of uh, reward. Uh, I would also say... This nothing. Uh, the second hour of this movie is the best movie I've seen all year. Uh, I think so. That the the tension there and the excitement and keeping that uh, huge propulsion. It's just a, a a wonderfully 
I, I almost said motivating movie. That's not what I mean. I think I think it's a wonderfully. I I, may, I guess in, maybe engage, engaging is not the word I'm looking for, but uh, in, engaging works so that I felt like I was on the edge of my seat for the whole three hour runtime, and the Trinity testing thing is just just a perfect example of the amount of control Nolan has over that. And there's moments after that that are also incredible. I think the movie. I don't know. The third hour is the worst hour of this movie to me. I think when it becomes a courtroom drama and it becomes uh, about Robert Downey Jr. more so, not not to say anything about Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, but I think it's great. Uh, I think it does become less interesting. I think what is so good about this movie is a lot of the ambiguity. It, it lets the audience make his own make their own opinions about J. Robert Oppenheimer, and I think when it doesn't let you make opinions about Louis Strauss, that does hurt. Hmm. the ambiguity it had previously established for Oppenheimer. Uh, I would also add that it just does feel... I have two interpretations of this. The negative one says that the third hour is way too Hollywoody and like way too much of like a, an unnecessary big finish climax when we already have the Trinity testing and, uh, and doesn't work. The positive version says like what an exercise in Nolan's control of the audience to deliver the Trinity testing scene and also be like yeah, I'm going to go for like a third hour like courtroom drama crowd pleaser 2. I'm Mr. Hollywood. Like I'm I'm Johnny L blockbuster. <laughs> I can control the world. And a part of me wants to celebrate it in that sense that it's just trying to do everything so much. But well, I, I think I... my my true self says that the third hour is not very good. But not that it's not very good because there's still parts in that third hour that is great, but that the black and white part of the third hour doesn't work and the fact that that's the last parts of the movie hurts it and i also think because of the trinity testing part was so good that it felt that it had peaked a little bit and couldn't like i, I as an audience member i remember feeling that like oh part of me is being like this movie can't do any better like i've already like i've taken a step back after the trinity testing all of that makes sense i need to see it again to really fully respond to that but I but I buy that, and that feels right. But that I think that part of the story needed to be told for me at least, because I didn't know it. You know, I don't. You know, I hardly, I still hardly know it. But I needed to know what the repercussions were. I needed to know what happened to him later in life. Like I that that is a very compelling part of the story for me, even if it maybe was handled in uh, maybe not as uh, compelling a way. I'm not sure. I don't know. I remember thinking scenes in this section, you know, because I, I spent a half second in politics, so I think I know it all, um, that didn't feel right. It felt off, and I don't remember what that feeling was, if that was literally like a, that seems weird, or if it was just me, or, you know, if something was, if it really was not as, just not as good as the middle portion of the movie. Um so I think I kind of again I want to see this one again, and uh, and be be curious. But I'm I'm glad I I think I needed that part of the story. I needed to know what happened. I needed to know what the ramifications were. We are not under attack. That is uh, fireworks. New Year's Eve fireworks starting. And that person setting up the fireworks was a little guy named John uh, F. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, the more I think about that part of the movie, I don't like, and I associate with not liking it. Well, that part of the movie also has the scene with Gary Oldman. That part of the movie also has Golly, the great was... scene, the great moment with Jason Clark. 
the like there's so many like, good stuff in there. I do think this has to be in our top ten. Yeah, I, it doesn't. Oh, I, I, it can I, be I bottom too. five. Uh, I I do think it's wrong to not have this movie in the top ten. Yeah, I I, I agree so much that I was I didn't even know it was an option that we couldn't. <laughs> to me, this was definitely in the. top You thought 10. It, it came on the Oppenheimer like ten that this was like <laughs> exactly. This, this, exact. This, this was a top. Uh, this was a top ten uh, movie. I think I was actually wrong. I had forgotten about this movie uh, that we're about to talk about when I was talking about this is going to be our biggest disagreement. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I think it was a movie that I really enjoyed that I don't even think you liked that much. And that movie is Passages, which is uh, one I very much enjoyed, and you, I think the word you would use to describe it is annoying. <laughs> I might have said that. I did not, I don't know if you recall, when we first started playing this, I went in with a poor attitude because I thought this was another movie you mentioned earlier that we did not get to see at first. The, um, You're you talking know. about All of Us Strangers. Exactly. So I thought that was this movie. I mean, I thought this movie was that movie. So we're like, oh, let's watch it. And we came, it came on and I realized what it was. I was like, oh, man. But I quickly uh, got over that poor attitude. Imagine now. Uh, these are movies with completely different vibes. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go first on the negative, or do you want, or do you want to rebuttal on the negative, or me rebuttal on the positive? No, I'll rebuttal. Okay. Uh, this is a movie. Uh, I I I think I found myself applauding this movie for how much I enjoyed. Uh, living in the world with its characters i thought every scene kind of uh, in, in part it's called passages because it is supposed to be uh you know catching the middles uh of these scenes uh and i think it just had a, a kind of momentum to its story that works uh thematically and kept me engaged as an audience member. I was really fascinated with this central character played by friends, uh, Rogowski, who is uh, sort of ruining uh, the relationship of his marriage uh, and the relationship of his uh, and his new relationship. Sort of at once, kind of uh, choosing to double up, and sort of the the difficulty. I mean, it's a, a movie largely about a man who uh, cannot stop getting in his own way. Really, and the people you know he brings down as part of that process. Ben Wishaw, uh, Adele Exarchopoulos, uh, playing those the two people who he uh, is responsible for bringing down. Uh, we're I think safe to say we're Ben Wishaw fans in this house. Um, uh, very glad to see him in a, in a nice uh, performance. But uh, this is a kind of movie and i i think you're gonna disagree with this point where it felt like the human beings were uh, it felt like i was watching human beings uh interact in an authentic way um pretty uh these movie this particular movie has been applauded for its uh sex scenes which i i also do agree with uh um there's i think i think this is a big i think it's always a big argument in movies these years about like sex scenes in movies good or bad you know <laughs> like the certain side that's like sex in my art 
get out of here. Right. And the other one that's like, the problem with movies these days is they're not horny enough. Right. right <laughs> they're not right. sexy enough. Uh, but these are uh, very nice uh, plot-driven uh, sex scenes that are also, I mean, passionate. I mean, it's a, it, it is a sexy movie, and I think it works uh, in that way. I think you're supposed to understand the, the passion of the characters in the uh, the central character and uh, uh, a, a, a good lesson of a movie of uh, having, in my mind, a, a real bad main character that never. Uh, well, that I mean, it does a bit bore us with his badness, but but intentionally because it's. I mean, it bores us just to seeing a person in real life make the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, does so, but uh, portraying that character. In an authentic way that's not overly uh, villainous or overly sympathetic. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it is a sexy movie, without a doubt. Uh, the sex scenes are good. Um, I, you know, I heard one review talked about how you learned a lot from the characters from the sex. And I that, that felt like a stretch to me. But... Um, or maybe like a little overly complimentary. I'm thinking about uh, one of the sex scenes that goes on for, a, a, I mean, a pretty long time uh, between uh, Franz Ogowski and Ben Wishaw. I think like you need to spend that much time with it to, I don't know, to understand something about the drive within Franz Ogowski's character. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know what I learned about his drive, you know, from that. Um to me, this uh, it's a love triangle movie. You know, bottom line, uh, it is well done. It is uh, opera goes fast. You know, there's not a lot of dead air in it. Um, what and this is going to contrast with the movie we talk about later, which is also another love triangle. And as opposed to the other movie, where I felt very empathetic to all the characters involved. I I did not get there emotionally with any of these characters, and and that and is I don't because know you think exactly infidelity why. is the worst thing you can do as a human being. <laughs> I you know I don't I don't I mean I'm not I'm not puritanical about this kind of stuff at all. Um, I think what I've done maybe I maybe maybe it's just being older and have matured out and maybe i've lost touch with some of that uh jealousy and pain and like early stage passion i I don't know why i didn't feel empathy but i mean everybody's making stupid decisions in this movie and that but that's that happens in lots of movies and you're supposed to be mean to your characters you know as you're writing them but you know, we have a, a gay couple, a married men to each other, and <laughs> what? Okay. And so, what that means is, <laughs> and you know, one of them picks up a an intern on his film. You know, so that's weird and problematic, right there, right? And the film's ended, but you know, still, still not great. Um, has an affair with her. Tells not his, the first time he's done so. As well. Not the first time that he's cheated on his husband at the end of a film shoot. And this is the film rap party. They they go home and he comes home to his husband and is like, Hey man, I got laid with this chick. You know, isn't it awesome? And the husband is understandably like, Not awesome. And so 
So for so the husband's point of view in this, and again, all the acting is fantastic, by the way, and all these characters have tons of presence. Um, because I would say I don't know if you'd agree with this. I would think Franz Rakowski, at least in this movie, is like an unlikely sex hero. You know, sex symbol to me. Like he's unconventionally attractive. He has a lisp. You know, he he's you know he's not like you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh man, you're gonna be the lead in my love triangle sex movie. At least I wouldn't. Would you know your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he. I mean, he's still. You could say he is. I. I guess he is not conventionally handsome. But yeah, he's tons still of charisma. Very attractive. Incredible guy. He has the best, worst, best outfits. Like, uh, the costume designer. I would love to. Like, they're they're really they're simultaneously like they're like they they like you know exactly who this character is from the outfits they choose to wear. Right. So. So boom. So the husband, like, is already put up with his husband cheating on him before. Happens again, and for the the girl, the intern, former intern, you know, she's having sex with a guy who's married to another guy. I guess it just seems so that, obvious that, that, that this forbids. shit ain't gonna go well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, guess what? None of this is gonna work out. And maybe I'm just too old and too removed from it to be like. You know, excited about the journey. I was just like, all these people are idiots. You guys are so st- even. Ben Wishall, yes. Like I get even if you're like the. He goes back to him. Like first of all, he went back the off before this whole thing happens. Like he's taken his husband back, and then when it happens again, and they break up, he takes him back. And the the you know the the Franz Wagowski, uh, uh Thomas I guess Freiburg Freiburg is his character's name. You know, he's just lying and manipulating everybody around him, you know, the whole time. And it just feels very obvious. It was fun to watch, but I didn't care at all because I was like, yeah, you get, I mean, not you get what you deserve, not in a, like a mean way. Yeah, I, I, I. But just a like, a, well, duh, of course this happened like this. You know, there's a pregnancy involved, there's an, uh, there's an, uh, there's an abortion, and then the husband doesn't tell the person about the, like, it's just a bunch of obvious lies. You'd make um, a great therapist, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, what, this what obviously you? wasn't going to work out. You, well, I mean, you, I feel what, like are you stupid. They need. They needed. Somebody needed a like. They have. Uh, so the husband, the Ben Wishaw character, he does. You know, he takes a lover, um, and the guy's like, when he breaks up with a lover to go back with his, you know, husband, because in a brilliant move. You know, he he does, he says it so nicely. He has empathy. He's like, you guys aren't going to survive this. Like, he he saw what was up. Like, he knows the trap they're in and the codependency or whatever. And he's like, you guys aren't going to survive this. And I feel like what they needed was somebody to slap him and go like, what you doing, man? Um, And just like that in that voice. <laughs> no, um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't either. But, so I just didn't care about these characters. The movie is well made. It's well directed. It moves. It's well written. But, um, yeah, I just was cold and numb, even during fun sex scenes. You know. Yeah, I, 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 I think we we just I think fundamentally disagree about our our. We just had different relationships to the characters in the movie and how the the movie portrays them. I think so. Like we let's talk about um. Agatha, which is, uh, you did a great job pronouncing that actor's name. Well, I hope I did it correctly. <laughs> we, we don't know. I'm not even going to try it. Um, 
So like, I don't understand. I didn't understand what is so appealing about her. I mean, obviously she's young and pretty, but she's not just pretty. She's gorgeous. Okay. She's a movie star. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Fine. But there are billions of gorgeous people out there. Like beauty is not hard to find in human beings. It's all around. Uh, so what else does she bring to the table? And I can't think of anything I, it's other not than about, being walked on. Like she, I don't know. She doesn't, I, I honestly don't think for the, the, the Franz Rogowski character, she has to bring that much to the table. I would say why that intern and not all the other, not other interns or not other men or women out there then. Like I don't think any, I don't see anything special about her other because than she, was she there hits on at him. that moment. Yeah. Because I think cause, honestly because she's there. And right. He, that's not a reason to then move in with her. You know, that's, this is not a character who's supposed to make logical decisions. You don't know what? Do you, why not? Because it doesn't. It just. Uh, I mean, he does make like other logical decisions. Nature. I mean, he's a dick. First of all, the first scene we see I, I him, think in, he, he's a dick. I think he is a constantly moving person who needs to bounce around from person to person. I think. I think that's part of it. I think that's why I don't the think ending of this, this movie works. In the way it does, I, I, it doesn't ruin us to say this, how he, we spend so much time with him on the bike moving, and then he comes to a red light, and then we end on a freeze frame. I, I just, I don't think that would be done if we aren't supposed to be intuiting something about this character's need to, to bounce around a bunch of places. Maybe. And, I mean, that's a real, I mean, it makes sense, but that's a real stretch from what's in the film. You know, he's, I don't mar- think so. he's married. He cheats and has all the one, time. He's no, a we serial. Don't, we don't know that. No, we don't. And he does not. As far as we know, he treat, treat, cheated once at a last film that he did. And then he cheats and then leaves his husband for this girl. So it's not, it's not as casual as you are making it sound that he's just flitting around with everybody. Because he's not. At least not in this film. You know, he goes from his husband to this very pretty girl. And then they have a, and then they get pregnant, and then he wears the best top ever to meet oh the parents. Oh my god! That's, that was, I mean, it's so funny. terrible. Great scene. Yeah, Lee. But like, I, so, like, yeah, you were, uh, yeah, she met you, and you were had a husband, and he was a man, and uh, so are you going to stay with my daughter? And he's like, none of your business. <laughs> it's a great. It's interesting to note that scene. he didn't have a husband, and he was a man. What is that? Uh, sorry, it's just you said he had a husband, and he was a man. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, um, but what I think I will, I hope well, let's not. And I thought that free frame was cheesy as hell. I I great I I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah, we just disagree. On this, yeah, this, is, just this think, is our big I, argument. I just think movie. I had a different read on the central character than you did. I it, to me, he's a person who like cannot be introspective because it would just like destroy him. So I think he just needs to like bounce around from distraction to distraction to distraction, and that uh, is shown here in the form of of romantic and sexual partners. That tracks. That tracks. But that's not particularly interesting. Is it though? No. Is it not interesting? No, it sounds no. I mean, is it not interesting not. in this movie? I think it is. Maybe it's just not interesting in this movie. I, don't I know. know it is particularly interesting in this movie. I. Again, I enj- I enjoyed watching it, but I felt nothing, and uh, uh, I felt nothing but annoyance. Um, you know, um, yeah. But I'm glad we I'm glad we saw it. 
So I, I no way in hell this is in our top ten. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I would push for it if it was just me. I'm gonna put it on the short list, and we can just all I right. Just, we can put it on the short list. For and that, honestly, we'll see what else uh, we have because like, it is 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 it's again it's a well made movie. The acting is great. It's in Paris, you know. It's another culture. It's another language. It's fun. That's enough to get me least interested. Um, but man. Yeah, like, and then, yeah, the husband wants, like, oh, we'll all raise this kid together. Like, he's just such a manipulator. He's just such a manipulator. And I... And not watchable in that way for you. Watchable, but not, uh, it doesn't doesn't come over the line of, like, les liaisons dangereuses or something like that that is more something. I don't know what is more, um, more interesting to me. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's put it on the short list. Uh, I would. I would contrast agree with, you. with this love story in Triangle versus uh, some other movies. We'll, we've you know we'll get to just very very different reactions from me. Yeah, no. but this is just you know as all of this just an opinion. Yeah, I would say I'll, I'll give you this that I do think some of their characterization on uh, the Adele character does change in a way that i i noted as to be i don't know a a little manipulative in a way to make us like her more just in the way she's characterized i think almost uh, possibly to win people like you over on the character i felt in what way because it didn't work well yeah it's just that like i was just thinking about like in that last scene, uh, I may have thinking of the quote from Gone Girl, almost, <laughs> where uh, it is the the woman who Ben Affleck's character is uh, cheating with, like showing up for the press conference. So it's just I, I just remember noting that in that last scene, uh, like, uh, not the last scene, but uh, in a scene, one of the scenes she shares with Ben Whishaw alone, like she's wearing like this like nice like sweater, and like for I I just feel like she gets. Maybe that's just because we come to know her more, but I feel like we, the movie in that first scene wants us to, to view her a different way than it wants us to view it for the rest of the movie. And then maybe that, that transition loses people like you. Maybe. So I'm saying, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if it, like if it tries to make her seem more like prim or more like, I don't know, goodly. You know, to to win over she just the audience, which I felt was uh, I, I I noted when watching it, and I could be completely wrong, and it's probably worth revisiting that I noted this as being something I felt to be a, to be a little bit too putting the, the hand on the scale. Yeah, I I did not I I did not I don't think I agree with that. Um, that doesn't mean it wasn't there though. Um, you know, and she 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 wakes up first. You know, before Ben, the Boom Wishaw character. But I guess he's married and involved. You know, he's put more time in and, you know. But luckily, I mean, they both seem to emerge from this, you know, terrible person. Um, you know, definitely scathed, but <laughs> smarter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's a love triangle. It doesn't work out uh, for anybody, really. And, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Put on the list. All right, our next movie is that movie. I'm glad we have it right next to each other in alphabetical order because uh, it gives us a chance to compare the two because they're such different love triangle movies. Uh, this one is the 
I brother the general consensus best movie of the year. It's past lives. Yeah, the only that we saw is uh, that and Zone of Interest seems to be the two that are get tons of play, uh, yeah. lots of places. So past lives, um, uh, it's it's a it's a, it's a love triangle. It's unrequited love. It's immigrant story. Uh, it's it's to me it's really well done. We meet two uh, best friends, uh, you know, boy and girl. They uh, the girl is uh, immigrating to the United States with her parents, and as a kind of a send off, they do like a play date slash date is what they call it. Uh, and the kids play, the moms talk, and then we go forward in time, and they kind of uh, I'm getting the order wrong. I think probably they, they reconnect via the internet. And start Zoom, and it's the progression of. First of all, there's just it's very is well shot. It's gorgeous. Uh, there's really cool uh, shots, and we spend a decent amount of time with them as kids. I feel like you know there's like fifteen or twenty minutes, right? Yeah, with yeah. them as kids, and then we move to them. She's now in uh, New York City. Uh, he's still in South Korea, uh, Seoul, I believe, and they they reconnect over Facebook, and they start. Uh, basically like a relationship, you know, not in person. There's no commitments necessarily made, but they are definitely courting and into each other as friends and feels like more. Uh, and then, but basically they can't see each other. They're broke. They've got to get visas. They get takes, you know, like, yeah, you can come over two years from now, that kind of thing. Um, so kind of like they basically decide to take a break because they're kind of both emotionally attached, but you know, which doesn't leave them available for anybody, uh, that they're actually physically present with. So she's a writer and goes to a writing retreat and meets her future husband right there, like right after they take this break. Um, and that's kind of where the love triangle comes in. So we jump forward in years again, and I don't remember when. It is uh, 12 year increments each time, I think because they knew each other originally as kids for 12 years. Oh, that's cool. I dig that. So it's the distance uh, that they've known each other. that passes. Yeah. And so the guy in, left in South Korea, um, I probably should look up and find some names. So he is... Uh, Tao Yu is the name of the actor. Okay, so he Tao Yu plays a character who is clearly in love. I think it's is the name of the character. Sorry, I don't know why. I, I, no, Interrupting please. you constantly, sometimes to point out that uh, their husbands and both are men. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. You're, you're, you're providing uh, needed information there. Um, I would also add, just as a one note to your description of the plot... That uh, I would argue that they do not take a break. She enforces a break onto him that he does not want. That's true, but he, but he, yeah, but he doesn't whine about it too much. Anyway, but but he's clearly in love with her big time, has been forever, and pines away. He has girlfriends, he has relationships, but he's clearly like his big first love that he's never going to get over. Um, and she does not feel the same way. She's attracted to him. You sense a bond, but you also sense like something different and it's fun because they're they're different people he is different from having never left south korea she is different because she immigrated and uh you know you know grew up also in the states uh her husband is a writer also uh he's white and jewish and it's they have different kind of cultural touchstones and and they we both see those visually but well they also talk about them um, 
And as opposed to the love triangle we're just dealing with, and maybe it's the view of the director, I don't know. Again, I'm not sure why I responded differently, but every single one of these characters I really felt for. I felt like they were in this situation. Everybody seems to be trying to be a good person. And will that end up in disaster? Will that end up in a new romance? Who knows? But you get a sense that um, nobody is trying to do the wrong thing. I think that is what people responded to in this movie. And I think I would argue the reason you're able to be more empathetic to these characters, I think, is a lot because they they say what they mean and they are people with good intentions. Well, the characters in passages, I think, are suffering people who often speak in lies and uh, deflections uh this is a very uh this is a very good movie uh this is people talk about the gentleness i think i found for my own estimation of the movie i think it suffered from going into it with having heard all these amazing things about it where uh, this is and this is uh not fair to the movie but i remember the end watching it being like i felt like i had already seen it before I had seen it, you know, and I think mm. there's just so much had been said about it and written about it. Then after I watched it and it had nothing more to give me in my estimation than what I already read that it gives, I felt disappointed. I was like, oh, this is the this is the movie I read about. You know, yeah. it didn't it didn't take on a second life with me now that I had actually uh, been an audience member for it. I, 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 I gotcha. I think I found some of the gentleness that is so wonderful this movie uh, didn't click with me I, I i don't know why i think it may be gentle to the point of like fragile like everybody is so uh sweet and it's so intentionally sweet that i i i found it like like almost like a jello substance like i couldn't get a I'm gonna, good hold of it i'm gonna disagree with you on on because i don't think i think greta lee is not sweet sweet like, I don't think it crosses into too sweet or saccharine. Like, it's not a bubblegum movie to me. I mean, I mean, that's what it sounded that's, like that's you were describing. That's not exactly what I mean. It's, it's so, I don't know what I mean. But I think I maybe just as a person prefer the movies where everybody's lying to each yeah. other than I do the movies where everybody is, uh, you know, speaking their honest Trying to be their selves. best. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um uh, one, I think somebody described it as, you know, just thinking about it and rather think, thinking about it of a love triangle movie, but thinking about it as a coming of age movie for Nora, Greta Lee's character, and that she's really cementing what she wants. Because it, it plays this nice, because it's not like her and her husband, John, are currently in like this mad, passionate love affair. She tells, you know, she tells um, Hai Sung, uh, you know, yeah, we got married early because of a green card. You know, like they were going to get married, but like they did it early, and like you know that she does. She has doubts. You know, she I think she has legitimate doubts. Um, and I that think he especially has doubts. That's I don't know. I I related hard to the John Magaharo character and his like, you know. I don't think he has doubts about her. I think he's holding. Well, no, on. well, he has doubts about their relationship. I think oh, just yeah. that he there is the I mean. I, I I do enjoy this movie. I mean, I'm being I enjoy it less than you do, so I'm 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 bringing up counter arguments that I don't want to be ignored. But um, there are some really great uh, stuff in this movie. I like especially the scene where they're up at night talking, and he's like, "You dream in another language." Yeah, I thought, that and that's was like beautiful. for for people with self doubt. What did 
sorry, this I feel the need that when we were watching this, mom said like, never, never marry a writer. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did say because he's all they're the neediest, insecure neediest and guys. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, like what? So what if what if you met another? person like me who had read the same books who likes the same thing who is charming like right after like that thing maybe you'd be with him i was like yeah maybe she would but i think it's that we relate to that as enjoyers of movies because i think part of it we do want to know other people's inner lives like and there's a lot of like well i know you but i i can never really know you and i always want to know you more and i feel like that's a lot of the reasons that people who are into movies are into movies, I sense, is that it's Ooh. there's the the voyeurism of it. I think it's present for me where I, I do feel like I'm I'm getting a sense of the the inner lives of those, if not those around me, just other people, other than myself. Right. Um, it's not just a story. Also, I resonated with. I thought the camera work was was all, like it moved. It was, it was filmed in in interesting way. She's a playwright. Uh, Celine Song, yeah, Celine Song, the writer director, but it sounds like she was, you know, a playwright, and but always also did want to do screenwriting. It doesn't, it does. This does not feel like a play that was filmed. It, it's a movie. No, it doesn't feel stagey at all. Mm-mm, it's it's uh, very cinematic. The camera moves. It's interesting. It's there's cool visuals. Um, yeah, I I really I I so again, this movie was built up for us big time. And about a third of the way through, I was like, "Holy shit! This is gonna be this is gonna meet the expectations." I did have a little dip, uh, but I really, really liked. Do this you remember movie. when the dip was? I don't exactly. I, I need to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember, but I remember kind of. It just felt like it wasn't quite on all cylinders. Uh, probably when we're. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Um. Maybe it's, maybe it's when we meet. Uh, sorry, still New Year's Eve and fireworks. Uh, maybe when we come into that last section where of her and her husband, you know, before Haisun comes to New York, maybe around then. I don't know. Maybe it was at the writers' retreat. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was then. I that, actually that I, had a I think started to enjoy the movie more during that last section. Not that it's I, I I do the ending of this movie as we talked about I think it is pretty incredible uh, a lot of good a lot of good movies that stick their landing this year right um, but I I just something about it as a cohesive whole and that yeah I think maybe just as a, a point of personal preference I prefer a movie with a bit more edge I don't know and maybe I'll revisit this you know later and be touched by it but. Uh, I, I, when I first watched it, I was just like, "This is too, not like some some something happened. Like this is great. Like I love the 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 empathy on display, but it's it felt so like I'm afraid to breathe, you know, and not in like a uh, not in a way I felt was uh, good for my my movie watching experience. I got you, not not in a suspense way. But I, just I mean, I'm a, I, I'm on the wrong side of history on this movie. By the way, by which I mean in that I like it. And I don't love it with incredible enthusiasm. Right. I hear that. I hear that. Um, yeah. I, I re- really respond to this movie. And uh, I'm really glad we saw it. Okay. Uh, I think it should be inside our top ten. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I might. I, I, no, it probably wouldn't if it was just me. But I, I will concede. Wow, really? You, there's ten on our list that you like more than this? 
I don't know about that actually, but I don't know. All right, still, still, loud fireworks. Still, still, still fireworks. Oh, that, I, think, I think it's two doors, two two neighbors down at the hill there. Uh, well, that that shook me. Yeah. Uh, the next movie is uh, Poor Things. That is the most recent film by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, starring uh, Emma Stone as a sort of a, a child in an adult's body, uh, aging rapidly or maturing rapidly uh, uh, through the world and her her adventure through it, meeting uh, you know various levels of systemic uh, uh, pressure, often uh, patriarchal pressure. Uh, my feelings, I think, are pretty complicated on this movie. I think one thing that's very clear is that Emma Stone is incredible in it. Uh, I think any people with varying opinions on this movie, uh, I think that seems to be something everybody can agree on. Yeah, I think that's the universal. level of the uh, level of physicality and the the, the comedy uh, there, while also being uh, you know a very uh, serious figure. Uh, yeah, she's never not entertaining at any point uh, in this movie. Uh, great, great supporting cast. Willem Dafoe is in this movie. Mark Ruffalo, who uh, I have mixed feelings on in this movie. I, I, I got increasingly bored with that character and his performance uh, as it went along. As it, I think, as he became increasingly flanderized. Uh, <laughs> That, uh, that is slowly turning into Ned Flanders. Right? That is slowly is that, turning that, into Ned Flanders. Yeah. Uh, uh, but other than that, I, I, it's incredibly imaginative uh, visually, and I don't, I don't really like to invoke like style over substance. But it, and I, I never felt that it was that all much. I, I never got. Uh, it never felt gimmicky. The, the visual flourishes and the, the, the keyhole camera that it uses uh, that that never felt tiresome to me but but something about this movie uh, I think I, it it lacked a core for me I think I I respect this movie I don't know if I love this movie yeah, I have similar similar feelings. Uh, Emma Stone was a ridiculously amazing. The world building in this is great. It is visually interesting, very interesting. The characters are out there. This is a wild, wild movie. Tons of sex in this movie. A lot of sex. Tons of Emma Stone sex. Um, weird creatures, half chickens, half pigs. You know, like it's definitely like a. A Frankenstein story and a mad scientist, but a mad scientist with a heart. I I, I don't know. This one is it's this is chopped up into chapters too of like different uh, geographical locations where she is. That kind of tells a different little segment to the story, and not all of them are as strong. I thought the Parisian, um, uh, escort. Section went on a little too long. That actually is uh, one of my uh, more preferred parts of the movie. It's great. It just went on too long for me. Um, 
And there was one Gerard Carmichael uh, in the previous section, like just felt like he was in a different movie yeah, and kind of took me I, I out would. of a, I, I kind of like gave up, not gave up on the movie then, but like, I was like, Oh, this is not going to be great. Well, I think it's just that he, it's not very good. It's, it's not it. wrong. It's, not it's just not right for that. role. I, in yeah. This movie. I, I, I don't feel that movie felt, especially when he's uh, acting alongside a, a pretty incredible Emma Stone. Uh, I, I think it was just like, yeah, something wasn't right there yeah. with that character, and he's not in much of the movie. But um, you know, it's it was even, that's even it with that amount me. that he wasn't in it, it was noticeable enough that we feel the need to mention it now. Yeah, he that's that's where kind of the movie lost me, and it got me back. But uh, it just felt it felt a little too long. This is a buffet movie; just it piles on and on and on. It never is done with the things it wants to say. I didn't love the ending. Yeah, it it has like a bit of a, like a false ending, and then it like actually we've got twenty more minutes left in this movie, and um, I I I that last twenty minutes wasn't as good as the other parts of the movie. It wasn't bad. Like I I I feel like I get this movie. It's just it wasn't didn't connect to just me. Didn't There's love something it. very satisfying to watch the Bella Baxter character who is Emma Stone's um, gain a kind of mastery over her world and watching her development and seeing the woman that she becomes like that is that is the best part of this movie uh, and everything else felt like distraction yeah I think that sums it up pretty well actually. I think there's a way I think I understand with that last section and other parts of this movie what is wanting to be said I just I I don't know if it was uh, communicating in the most effective way. I think it has a solid gold center in Emma Stone, and I think it loses it frays at the edges. Yeah, I think that that that's I think that's a nice way to put it. Uh, doesn't I don't even need to I I yeah I don't feel the need to put it on the short list. This is another movie. It's a great movie year. This is again. This is yeah. It's all of these movies are worth rewatch, and I I do think this is one that will grow in estimation for me. But where I am right now, I don't think it belongs on the short list. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, our next movie is Showing Up. That is the most recent film by Kelly Reichert. Uh, I couldn't think of two more polar opposite films than Poor Things. Poor Things is like a, a rock concert, and this is a tiny little folk show. Uh, that's not to diminish the movie, saying it's smaller in uh, scale. I, I do think this movie is pretty incredible. In uh, I talk about again, gentle movies like this is as opposed to past lives. This movie feels gentle without particularly having to try very hard to be like this is a movie where i felt like i could breathe uh during it it's got an incredible well i got it's actually got two pretty incredible performances uh by michelle williams and hung chow uh at its center i think the something about the michelle williams i guess they are it's almost as similar to poor things because i think it so much of the movie revolves around how good that central performance is uh by michelle williams and something about this character being someone you similar to Bo, most very someone you want to hug, but someone you also very desperately want to change in their behavior. Like there's something about her that is uh, irksome in a way that I think uh, we as humans can be in our everyday lives, and this and certain people can be 
in their everyday lives where it's just like it's not like I like you, but if you could do a little better or uh, push a little more against the world, uh, you would be so much happier. It's like well, those people you see people i think we can be these people to uh to others where it's like God, can't you just if you just try it a little harder you'd be a little happier right just don't she's a she, well, she first of all she she's a, an artist she's a she sculptor a sad sack she's a, that's exactly the word i was going to use was sad sack and she plays and i don't know if that's so fair but Williams that it with such empathy and such truth in the in the movie is so uh quick to to juxtapose that character it's something i noticed at doing like there'll be shots where like the camera similar to the thing i like in passages uh the camera will move and then just like stop on her like just how like stagnant and like so like she's in quicksand you know like she's just like slowly suffocating while everything around her is uh moving it's a it's a it's a very nice and well done slow portrait of two artists but mainly Michelle Williams character Lizzie an artist getting ready for a show uh, and there are long extended shots of her kind of just working on her art that is really lovely and like you don't really get to see you know how the sausage is made with, with art and and while it's not the entire movie is not like revolve doesn't revolve just around that. It's really cool to see what like the day to day life of like a struggling but working artist. I mean, she has a day job at the art college that her mom runs, um, but she is still like she's respected, and people are. You just want her, yeah. You want her to have like a little more energy, say thank you and please a little bit, maybe, maybe smile. You know, like, like you'd be happier if you would just take one little more foot. But yet, you fight for yourself a little bit more. But yeah, and yeah, she kind of does too. She, does the end. she just doesn't in the like, way. Watching in the, the middle growth too. is satisfying. But uh, before she fights herself in like a way that comes off as like whiny yeah and you like, don't but, want her to uh, they have this such an interesting thing going on where the hung chow character they have an argument or consistent argument and a little bit of a combative relationship and i think by all objective means it's like yeah hung chow's in the wrong on this but you almost feel more inclined to like her because just she's just a, a better person well, to she, spend time with she, hung chow is a better personality um it was a really interesting interplay between those two characters. And I thought there's a scene where Hong Chao has people over to her house from the school, other artists. Uh, they're having a party. And Michelle Williams lives two doors down. And this is the building that Hong Chao's character owns. And Michelle Williams has. I thought that was just such a great touch of like, she says something like, uh, yeah, she's really figured it out. Because Hong Chao, so Michelle Williams is getting ready for the show. It's a big darn deal in her world. It's a nothing in like the real world, you know. But like, it's a huge. I love they captured that, like how like like things are insular, like at a school sometimes. Like it's a huge deal in like the Portland sculpture art scene, probably. But you know that doesn't necessarily resonate. But it's it is important. And Hong Chao has a couple of shows, and is she is a more successful commercial artist at the time. I don't, they both of their work seem great to me, 
by the way, and I loved that. Like nobody, neither one of them, like you immediately, at least I did, you immediately respect them as artists. But there's so much more, but you got to do more than just art. You got to pay your rent. You got to, let's say you find a baby bird and you got to take care of it. You know, like there's other things. I don't know. It's a, it's a you, micro and, plot. And people and can it's lovely. And I think, given the name of the top, if you, people can't enjoy your art if people don't show up to your art show. Yeah. Like I think it's something, but like if you can't get people to engage with you, it doesn't matter the quality of your art. It, I think. Uh, this has been a pretty obvious comparison for this movie, but it reminds me a lot of Inside Louis Davis, which is a movie of which we're both fans, in the sense that there's the same thing that is irksome about Michelle Williams' character that is irksome about Louis Davis. In, in different like, ways. In different ways, but it's just like if, again, it, it like, why are you failing? Like, I, maybe if you tried a little harder. Like, it, why are you failing when your peers are succeeding? But she's not failing. She's not failing. She's, she's not do, failing. She's actually doing very is, well. But she does not have that charisma. She does not have that success thus far. But what I also I, I dig about this movie is, like, we meet her parents and we meet her brother, who has psychiatric issues or John not, again. But, but he does, probably. Um, her parents are artists. They're divorced. And you kind of see how where she's just kind of been beaten down. You can you can picture like her. You know she she's the kind of person who walks with shuffles and slumped over shoulders. You know like she doesn't have like confidence in like the that way. I think she has confidence in herself and her art, but like she doesn't present herself well. Um. You kind of yeah, kind of sad sack, but yet it's it's really compelling. Again, not a lot happens. You know, it's definitely like a microplot, but uh, it's enjoyable spending time in Portland with these two artists. And I found I was really scared for her on two way, two fronts. One, I worry about her, like if, if Hong Chao and her are no longer friends. Because I think, I, think, I think Michelle Williams' character needs Hong Chao's character. Like if they need to be civil and buoyed up, if nothing else, because they live so close to each other and one owns the building. Two, so she does sculptures. Like think of like the size of like uh, whatever, like what is it, Degas dancer, like that kind of size sculptures. And they're moving them about and they're installing them in the thing. And I was so I just can't believe I, I'm going to save y'all the tension. Nobody drops or breaks a sculpture, <laughs> you know, like accidentally. But a sculpture does get harmed in a way. Then it handles that in such an untheatrical way. Yeah. Uh, that was so great. And something that's, uh, and maybe it's just because, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe for a general audience, like physical art is harder to, to judge than, than other things. But uh, the, movie, the point is, the movie never tells you what's good art and what's bad art. Like it never, po- it never says... Hong Chao is doing this much better because she's a better artist. It, like it never, it's all just people making art. It's more about the people and the process than it is about like any kind of subjective judgment the movie may have about the, the quality of the output. And nobody's like, and also because there is some, a, a, a bit of rivalry between these two, like nobody's a jerk. Like, I, nobody went and, like, nobody says anything snarky about the other's art. In fact, they say encouraging positive things about each other's art. And I, I loved that because it would have been so easy and so typical to be like, 
you know, well, one of them is, I mean, secure my or there is better, but no, they're like really genuinely happy for each other and like encouraging of each other's art, even though it's different kind of art. And Andre 3000 was in it and he was great. I would also. argue and plays flute for the movie. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that the Hong Chao character, if we knew her in real life, we maybe would not be. I, I, I would argue what she does in this movie does uh, qualify as a transgression against the Michelle I mean, you're Williams You're just talking character. about the cold water because that, that I agree with she, 100%. Yeah, but she, what else, if anything? Well, just that that's enough that she's not doesn't respond to that quick enough like it's a, a person needs hot water in their whole that's their their job as the landlord yeah she's not a she's not a great landlord but again no. it was a week of where she had two shows we only see one week oh, so. well, michelle williams has a show coming up too i know but michelle williams doesn't own the building and doesn't do i mean you're not wrong but like it didn't seem um i just thought there's there's an extra point being made there that even though I think logically we would take the side of Michelle Williams in that debate that that Hong Chao is just so much more of a uh, charismatic figure that we that we almost want to to go against Michelle Williams because the way she's going about getting changed is so ineffective and so whiny. I remember particularly the scene when you know when Hong Chao is having the party over Michelle Williams is alone and somebody is parked in her parking spot and the way like Michelle Williams calls Hong Chao is like. And somebody parked my parts, but and that's not cool. And you're like an audience where you're just like, oh, please, if you could handle that in any kind of a different way. Right. Like, how can you think that's going to be effective? Yeah. And it, there's just the way they make that character be able to be so right and yet so frustrating is very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, this is our first Kelly Record film, and I've been wanting to watch her films for a while and just haven't done it. And I'm excited that we saw this. And. Again, it, uh, not uh, not a thriller, you know, not riveting by any means, like as far as that goes, but like really enjoyable to spend time with these characters. And uh, and I did. I liked the ending uh, a lot. And uh, the the brother subplot, you know, if we call it that, is, was, I like that too. And it kind of fits into why she is like this. So I, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, uh, feels like a shortlister. Feels like a top tenner to me. I think it. I think uh, it. Might maybe end, bottom five. Yeah, I think it might end up being that. The next movie is Skinnamarink, which I think will be uh, another disagreement for us. Which I bet, I imagine, is actually a sign of a pretty good movie year when we have uh, maybe a different canon. Or, or uh, at least some elements of a different canon uh, for this year. Uh, it's a experimental horror movie directed by Kyle Edward Ball. Uh, it's, I don't know, is it the most mainstream analog? Maybe you don't, this is, wow, I should have decided on a sentence first. <laughs> uh, it is an analog horror movie. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it'd be called, whatever, it's elevated horror to the, the kind of YouTube uh, analog horror, but maybe I don't watch a lot of uh, analog horror on YouTube, but it's a pretty popular genre of YouTube video, these analog horror videos. Is it really? And I don't know if Skinamarink is the most uh, mainstream that's uh, it's gotten so far, but uh, it is um, very interesting in how it goes about it. So it's, it's almost, in a way, a traditional haunted house story but it's shot in a way using this kind of i don't know vhs 
like grainy uh, footage. Like I, I maybe say like this is not for those for those really unaware of analog horror, not into analog horror, which I think is the person in front of me. <laughs> uh, it is not like people finding a scary VHS tape uh, in a movie. The movie is the scary VHS tape. Do you, do you find that? I mean, do I understand that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or do you do you understand what I mean? I I, I think I do. Yeah, you're just. It's, I mean, just so there's no framing device because that's all that is. The VHS is just a framing device for the anthologies inside. I think, but also I got a no, question. I'm not, I'm not talking about the movie VHS. Okay, I, well, I got a question real quick. When you say analog. What what you mean? It appears to be analog, right? Because all this had to be digital, right? How do they add all it, those it effects? It appears to be analog. Yes, okay, I so, think all right. that's the, the point, or it's supposed to look like a VHS <clears throat> tape, or uh, or another a more you know quote unquote more primitive uh, recording than we have now. Okay, all right. Uh, but it's it's a, you don't it's shot in a way where you don't see really anybody's like middle portion. It's like either like it's a POV shot where you're looking at an object or it's a shot of feet um, walking across the floor or it's a shot of uh, the ceiling where you can see the light or the shadow and it's a, and or like a they, corner they, of a room and it's like 90 minutes of that uh, really while telling a, a haunted house story uh, during it something I found odd and I was not expecting from this movie is that I, I found it very comforting for like the first 20 minutes or, or half hour. I think it's something about the, the white noise, but I think it's really because at first to me, it lives. And I, I think this is, could be something I'm more bringing to it than it's bringing to me, but it lives in the space of like safe scared. Cause it follows two young children in their, uh, uh, parents house, uh, like kind of, staying up too late at night like at first is the opening like everything's normal of it and but and, you know it's a horror but how i'm just fascinated that that's a safe space for you is it just the sound because the sound was kind of nice yeah I, I think the sound is contributing to it but i think it's the idea of like when you're a kid and you're scared and you're maybe like walking around the house at night like there's an element of fear but it's almost like because your parents are right there that you're like you're you're safe t to be scared like you know like you know like you're nervous but you also know that like there's this place of safety in the case of the skinnamarink kids uh upstairs that could always go uh to their parents and then i think when the movie gets to a point where that safety net is removed i think it does become quite disturbing yeah this uh movie took me a while to get on the wavelength of at first because it is like basically, you know, back in the old days when like the channels would go off, you know, they were done programming and it would just be this, you know, sh hissing and then like the gray kind of thing. That's what would happen like at midnight. Um, and there is a lot of that laid over the top of other images, obscuring what you can see. And that took like my thought hat was like, oh, they're not going to do this the whole time, are they? And, and they don't, but they do it a, a lot. It took me about 20 minutes, that same 20 minutes, I guess you were like going, enjoying like safely. I was getting annoyed. And then at some point I got into what the wavelength of this thing. 
And it really is. It's weird angles. It's dark. There's dialogue. You can sometimes understand it, sometimes not. Sometimes they use subtitles so you can understand it, but not all the time. There is a narrative there. It's small. Um, but yeah, it's like a six-year-old and a nine-year-old or a three-year-old and a six-year-old. I can't remember the ages. I, I don't think the ages are ever... They just sound... But they, I mean, they have kid voices. They have prepubescent voices. I got you. I read some about it, though, and those ages ages were mentioned. Um, they were? So, like, somebody knows them, uh, what they are. But you're right. I don't think that's in the film. One kid, like, goes to the doctor, comes back, and they're both up. It's creepy as hell. It is really uh, quite scary. Uh, for me, I think the real miracle of this movie is that it is shot in the way I described and never, to me, felt gimmicky. Uh, which I think we might disagree on. I I felt that it the the VHS element of it. Uh, Why do you say VHS element? Because I, I, I think of the movie now when you say VHS. So what do you mean by VHS? Is that not element? Is I that not the kind of how it's what well, the static is really what I'm talking okay. about? Okay, let's that not, not call that. I don't think what so. What kind of recording is that like? I I don't know, man. Like. TV, 70s? Like, that static is from that kind of stuff, I guess. It's not from VHS? I don't like mean the, the movie. I tape? don't mean the movie, I mean like, tapes. Like, just like tapes. watching a tape? I mean, it, you're, yeah, it would, it, no? I mean, so it, v, the, putting the VHS tape in is what would end that stuff. It's just like on the HDMI, like if it says, like, you know, signal not detected, and it's a blue screen, back in the day it would have been that other stuff. And then, like, it detects the signal, so the blue screen goes to the DVD or Blu-ray. Then it would have gone to, like, whatever the opening image for, like, the 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 VHS tape is. Okay, I blame you for that, because I've mentioned this to you before, and you never corrected me. And I, I never look, know what you're I talking about on stupid. this. Now I look foolish. No, 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 not at all. You don't Fine. look stupid or foolish. I give up. I give up on skin of a ring. Well, just no, no, say, okay. Just so stop the, saying VHS. The point is that the static, <clears throat> the static um, to me, actually brought me as an audience member closer to the subject matter instead of putting a, a barrier between me or making it feel like an exercise because to me that that static is put there uh because uh, i'm just thinking back to being a child like that's what it looks like kind of at night like the the the, the grain emulates our own kind of like illusions in the darkness where like if you keep it on the grain and like you suddenly you start to see people forming in the dots and that i think uh just actually puts us more with the children than it does uh feel like an exercise yeah i don't know all i know is it was, it was effective like again annoyed me at first got on the wavelength and then i would start to see things in the, those images now some were there like i mean that happens like but also, like, your, my brain, at least, was also adding stuff there, or at least wondering. You'll have these long, static shots of, again, a corner of a room. And you sometimes you'll have this grainy stuff over the top of it. And you really, there's not a whole lot of focus to where you could put your eye. There might be an object, and so you're focused on that. But at the same time, it's a horror movie, so you also know you better look around the corner. You better look at the other side of the frame, and you start to see things. It's really effective. There were commercials, right? Am I making that up? Yeah, we watched it on Hulu, like bad people. So there were ads. Awful movie to have ads. It for. was a terrible, terrible movie because I found that once have ads for. I would get in that frame of mind and be scared and start seeing things, and then like the ads were just this huge tension breaker. Um, That's not a fault of the movie. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. 
glad I'm glad I didn't say that it was. I know, I know. I know. Um, I, I'm just I'm what not, I'm saying what is I, like it would have been a, more a better viewing experience had had my body and brain not been able to take those breaks. I'm curious what that experience would be like. No, I'm just I'm just irked that you outed that we didn't see it in a theater like Good Little Boys. Oh uh, yeah, well you know. It probably wasn't in a theater for terribly long, right? Probably wasn't. It wasn't. Its whole journey make, was didn't amazing. Did it even make its way to Atlanta? Who knows? I mean, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, probably. we might I, not. I have. think this movie gained a. Uh, what helped this movie is that it gained a kind of second life online via like internet word of mouth. So we we heard about it. It was pirated after that, uh, and and we I I mean I I I wouldn't have heard of this movie had I not heard people online say, "Oh, this movie's so good." Yeah, I mean, I I think it is good. And and I, it is. I think it's very good. Um. But I also think I did not view it optimally, um, mainly with the commercials, but also it just took me a while to get on the wavelength. Plus, it was late at night. I was tired. I'm old. Yeah. So I, this is a short list movie for me. I don't think I articulated very well what I love very much about this movie, but I would like it to be on the short list. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with it being on the short list. I don't know if it needs to make the top ten or not, but it, let's, let's talk I'll, about I'll, it. I'll fight for it, and maybe I'll get a chance to better talk about it oh here's the thing best movie all year to use the title as a verb that's just, <laughs> that's that's the truth i i sorry i can't i'm, I'm too busy skinnamarinking is uh is pretty great hey don't do that i'll, I'll skinnamarink you yeah I, I, that's 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 true because honestly after this we were finished taping this podcast i am gonna go skinnamarink well that's good that's so, good that i agree with you <laughs> something that's like uh monsters inc you know, where they, they go in and scare it, but they just skin them rink. They're going around <laughs> skin them rinking different kids. They're just like like Mike Wachowski being like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna remove all the doors and windows and take away the parents. That is uh that is the uh the mashup that we that we need. And I don't I don't wanna I was gonna about to bring up a couple of really scary moments in that, but I, maybe I won't, because even though we're doing spoilers for the rest of the movie, maybe just I won't say anything about that. Uh, there's there are a couple of moments, man, where you just you're just like a whole oh, shit and chills all over. It's great. I will say that like so much of this movie is in the atmosphere that there are moments where it breaks that to insert a jump scare, and I I do not think those movies that sorry those moments land. One one well in particular, I don't remember which one. There's we, another, we both there's agreed two, was I'm very under. Of. One was certainly underwhelming, big time. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. I think maybe it's just because I was so happy living in the the world of just like looking at walls it's and freaky, hearing man. You noises. see the, these little kids' legs, and they're searching around this dark, grainy, obscured like house, uh, and their little voices, "Daddy," and then like a pause for like ten minutes, and then "Daddy," you know, like it's scary. It, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, another good ending on this movie, though I don't quite understand what it means. Uh, I think it is certainly does its job as a horror movie of scaring me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Good, good movie. Okay, the last movie we have to talk about, uh, and by we have, I mean kind of I have to talk about <laughs> is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, uh, which I think is pretty incredible. There's been a lot talked about it this year. It it's another movie similar to The Killer to me that just feels like 15 minutes. You know, like I think it is so uh, propulsive and the momentum is so high that like it's just action after action after action, which is uh, I think incredible. The animation is obviously gorgeous and it's so energetic. 
for the entirety of its run that it's like probably the most fun besides stop making sense which is stop making sense hard to compete it's probably the most fun i had in a theater all year because you're just uh like your senses are being stimulated at every moment and it just kind of trains along and and that's not to say it's also not like emotionally stimulating but uh it's it just powers itself through till the end where it does kind of just stop and that's when I'm, i think unfortunately that's been reduced uh, the, the subject of conversation uh around this movie because it doesn't it, it does kind of have a non-ending it is a part one movie and i do understand the argument where like even if it is a part one it is actually its own singular movie and therefore should come to its own kind of a uh, emotional conclusion but uh uh, to me, I didn't mind because it just felt like I had just been like injected with something. Like I walked into the theater and I'm just like I have a new energy. Like was that a movie or was that like a a workout for me? You know, like I, I felt the same kind of like post workout high after this movie. You know, um, if I'm having a uh, whatever, uh, um, I feel like when I ask you how it was, you're like, yeah, it was good. Like, so, like, I didn't go see this in the theater. Like, if you'd have said any of that stuff, like, I'd have gone to see it in the theater and gotten to enjoy it. I think what I get, one, I think I do have the teenager thing of, like, how few words can I use to describe (laughs) my life as uh, humanly possible in the day-to-day. That that makes sense. That makes sense. So, I I think I do suffer from that issue. And then I, and also, just because we had had this, I remember we watched Past Lives, and Mom was like, so what did you think? And I'm like, don't ask me about it yet. I don't have an opinion. Right, right, right. Like, like I need actual, I need time to really think about what I thought of the movie, which maybe is uh, false and uh, op- is uh, makes me open to uh, what a memory change or whatever. Is this a sequel to the other one, the like the Miles Morales earlier one? Oh yes, yes. So maybe they will re because there's a third one. I think that's part of the debate you were talking about at the end. Yeah, because this set is a part one movie. So maybe if we're lucky, they will. Uh, re-release you know the first two and then uh get to see all of them in that, the theater i, that I would imagine be fun. they would probably be very that'd be a, a bad move not to do that they probably released the re-release the first one in theaters uh, uh for this one i would imagine i don't know that yeah that'll sure. be fun that, so, i i seems would seem ridiculous for them not to yeah i hope they do and so i'll, I'll see that then no that's interesting i right? do want to put this movie on the short list i it sounds like it needs to be yeah uh and it, again it's difficult when only one person has seen the movie but uh yeah. that's that's i don't know i gotta from the ones that i've seen and you haven't i i'm debating on which one do i need to like this is like a who's, stu- who's gonna be your this baby is like a studio with like an oscars campaign right you know it's like which one do i push harder than the others like which one which one do i have the most chance of actually getting in there i expect a mailer i want uh some streamers perhaps a little little financial kickback yeah, that's uh, what I'll also do a commemorative Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse cup yes, <laughs> or something. That's needed. Okay, we have a short list now. Um, it's long, <laughs> or I think it's longer than some of our short lists in previous years. Um, that short list is Amanda, Anatomy of a Fall, Asteroid City, Bo is Afraid, The Boy in the Harem, The Holdovers, The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, May December, Oppenheimer, Passages, Past Lives, Showing Up, Skinamarink, and Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. That felt like I just listed the movies from the beginning. We caught on a few along the way. <laughs> we did and we got a chance a to get our thoughts out on them, so now we can just get down to the nitty gritty. 
cutting bone here. Yeah. So what's the best way to do this? I don't, oh, I don't remember movies, what we, we did in the one, past. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's tough. I, uh, either I feel like we have to either do what are the six that we can leave off the top ten, or what are the ten that have to stay. You know, or do we do we want to go up by? Do we want to start cutting things or locking things? I think probably what are what are the worst movies like? What are of of our sixteen? What are the you know six worst? And then we can get our top ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, their worst is like we still love them, like still you know like, but we they're yeah you know worst is not a horrible thing. I in an effort of. In an act of diplomacy to you, <laughs> I will let us cut out passages first, as I think. I mean, you don't. I don't think you even want the movie on the short list. I, I'll, I'll, I, I, I agree with you. I do not. Yeah, I agree. thank you. So I will cut uh, passages. All right. I'm just looking over this list of like the ones that I. I guess I should be phrasing this, the ones that I didn't like the most, like, or, or less than some of the others. Um, let's see. Looking at this. Yeah, this is too hard. I think we should do locks. I think we, locks but, is but, better. But lock, but having it in the top 10 is like, and saying it locked in the top 10 is, feels arbitrary. Like the top 10 is some, like defined thing it's all they're all in relation to each other right no no what i what i mean is that like locked is in you can't take them off i guess i do mean locked in the top 10 what, yeah. what i'm saying is like so i think it's all relative so we got to rank you know i would think we name the our, the six ones we like the least i can't and then we rank within the top that 10. makes it so tough because i it feel is, like ah, I'm, when tough. I'm taking things out of contention when i'd rather well then why don't we just rank them all now things. we'll just see what's in the top 10 that's that's too hard to do. Uh, I don't know. That's... I mean, it's all the same thing, but like the whole this whole lock method doesn't make any sense to me because they're all is again it's all in relation to the other films. Which one we liked better, right? That's true. I was gonna throw out um, either How to Blow Up a Pipeline or Barbie as towards the lower end of my of these sixteen of the ones Barbie's that I've not seen on our short list. Okay, think. well, look at that. I'm already throwing it out. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, All right, your turn. <laughs> I don't think how, how to Blow Up a Pipeline is not on our short list either. All right, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> y- 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 y'all might can tell Hank is keeping the master list here. I've got my own little system here, but clearly is not working. All right. Um, so I feel like I just gave up two movies that I liked. <laughs> well, but they weren't there. They were, you already gave them up. I know, but I'm giving up again. All right. So what do we do? Do you want me to list the movies again? Let me read the ones that I have that I think are on this list. Past Lives, May, December. Actually, no, I'm going to put them all in weird order. I don't want the orders to be on. Okay. Um, Oppenheimer, Maestro, The Holdovers, The Killer, Bo's Afraid, Killers of the Flower Moon, Anatomy of a Fall, May, December, Showing Up, Past Lives, Born the Heron, Amanda, Poor Things, Asteroid City, Skinnamarink, are there God is me, Margaret, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse? Uh, are those poor, our 16? Poor things, and are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, are not on there. Okay. The movies are, and you can just check with your own list while you're doing <clears> that. Wait, one, what was the other one I had on there that wasn't? I is just it, moved poor things. Poor things, and are you there, God, it's me, Margaret. Okay. 
I really was going to like that. <laughs> you didn't say it. I was like, I, what are you doing? I, I know, I know. Um, okay, the movies are... are you, you know, I mean, I got them now. I think I... Let me just count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifteen. So I got, I got them. I got them. I'm positive I got them. Okay. Yeah. It sounds to me like you, you got them. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to give up Animal House 3. <laughs> I'm going to give up National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation. <laughs> We were doing so well for so long. We got in a really good stretch. When we were talking about Maestro and Oppenheimer, yeah, and we Killers really of the Flower Moon, and now we've lost it completely. Should we just? Should we like? Should we? Should we pause the podcast, take five minutes, and rank these movies and no, see where we are, and why then use that as all? the base? This, the point of this is to rank the movies. Why would we do it all? <laughs> so we just like do like this is about we the could just process. do like five minutes of like static, and then come back. Here's our list. <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. All right, all right, all right. That's the whole point of doing it like this. This instead of like everybody else's top 10 lists okay oh how, what, what about you know how like they have people like on twitter or facebook will be like blank and people do this with movies a lot blank is greater than blank is greater than blank you want to throw out some of those and see if we agree like who that's ranking i know <laughs> that's what we're doing, the whole thing all right you start i'll st- <laughs> i got rid of passages it's your turn <laughs> all right Looking at my list here of, I just, I, I, you know, I like a lot of these movies. These are such good movies. I, I'll put Asteroid City towards the bottom of my list. Yeah, that's right. I, I love the last, maybe it will, if we end up with a strong nine, I might recall that for, for 10. But uh, yeah, Asteroid City, that doesn't feel like that makes our list. What do you want me to do with the sucks. movies that I didn't see? Because there's two of them on here, right? Or is there three? It's two. There is uh, Spider-Man and Amanda. Yeah, it's Spider-Man and Amanda. I can get rid of Amanda, honestly. I, I I really love that movie, and it would be on my personal top ten, but it doesn't need to be in our group top ten. Okay, I hear that. So your turn to remove something, I think. Or move something down towards the bottom. Or move, yeah, move, which is the same thing, really. Well, the things can move back, though, as we talk it out. Like, you know what? I really, this, you know, this isn't as good. That's true. Okay, That's so let true. me, let me, I'm looking here. What do I want to throw towards the bottom? This is going to be very, very difficult. Well, eventually... I know it's your turn. Maybe we should talk about. We're gonna have to deal with the boy and the heron problem. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we are gonna have to deal. Yeah, and yeah. Let's just for now, in an effort of being disingenuous, not being disingenuous to where we live with it at the moment. Let's move it down. Move it down. All right. It is down. again. Uh, again, there uh, there might be. Might I put it at fourteen. Line. I put it at fourteen. I I didn't even rank them personally because I I care so much. Well, about I don't that. have an actual number by it, but I'm just counting. So yeah, all right. So yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm typing this and I put a like caps lock, and now it looks like I'm saying the boy and the heron sarcastically because some <laughs> things are capitalized and some things aren't. The boy and the heron. The boy and the heron. <laughs> <laughs> That's it doesn't deserve that at all. It doesn't deserve that. Uh, but it was funny, so I'll keep it like that. Yeah. What are you gonna move down? Um, okay, we have four now that we've moved down. What is I still okay? Those movies are Passages, Asteroid City, Amanda, and The Boy and the Heron. Yeah. Uh, All right. Gosh. Honestly, yeah, if it was that's good. me, if it was just me. That's a good way to start, yeah. We could move the holdovers down. To off the list? Well, that's that be... where we're at right now. Yeah. Is we're moving. So All right, I'm going to, I'm going to. I will I will f- probably be returning this movie up, but let's let's just 
So I just wow. gonna so you you like Skinnamarink more than the holdovers. You like showing up more than the holdovers. You uh, like that, Anatomy that of true. Fall more than the holdovers. The killer more than I mean the whole uh, yeah. I think I like the holdovers more than Skinnamarink. I I don't know this, if that kind I, of statement I, is that statement helpful at all or not or like are you saying you want to move down Skinnamarink instead of the holdovers? I'm not saying move. I'm just saying if my list, the holdovers should be closer to number one than Skinnamarink. Well, what do we do? I, I, that's we're at an impasse. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I feel pretty strongly about that. I can move down Skinnamarink. Okay, unless that again we can be... bring it back if we need to. You know, I feel like we're letting our like, we're, 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 our, 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 our list looks so much like an aggregate list of everybody else's favorite. Like we're we're losing a few of our weird diamonds here. Well, I don't want to lose the weird diamonds, but I also want to be true to like at the end of Skinnamarink. You know, was, you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning, but and we walked out of Holdovers. I was like, I felt good. That was a good movie. I liked the Holdovers. That was great holiday spirit. We talked about it in the car. It was like a good. That's I liked. I had a. I, I feel better after that one. Than we already I did. know you're old. Skinnamarink, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, no, I don't mean to to diss on uh, holdovers for its target audience. Uh, <laughs> you mean film lovers? Yeah, <laughs> I hate people who love movies. I hate movies. I hate movies. You're stupid. Um, okay, we're left with a ten. That is Anatomy of a Fall. Bo is afraid. The Killer. Killers of the Flower Moon. Maestro. May December. Oppenheimer. Past life showing up at Spider-Man across the Spider Verse. I think now is the time when we start saying like, "This is what I want to be number one," and then we can move down from there. I don't know how else to go about it. It's not we very have, suspenseful if we start with the number one. But I guess I guess we got to still negotiate what actually ends up at number one. All right. Well, because I, I think it, I think number one is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Okay, my I would say. The killer. I'm just saying because you're not gonna you're not gonna go for that. I don't think. I just don't. A killer. I think is my favorite movie. movie favorite of the year, movie of the think, year. If I think about it, if you're if you're if it was your favorite movie of the year, that's where you should put it number one. I, Past Lives was my favorite movie of the year. See, so I think, and I I this was terrible because this was just what I was talking about with you before the podcast, <laughs> where I was like, uh, because I didn't, I'm not sure I had a full sense of what uh was your favorites or you had a full sense of mine. Um, or it was just like, well, if even if we have different number ones and the same number two, it should be one of our number ones that's we say is our favorite of the year. I agree with so that. So that we have something at least one of us can fully stand behind. I disagree with that now because I think, oh, okay. I think if the killer is our number one, that I would feel like that's wrong for a list made by both of us, and if. Past Lives is number one. I think that's wrong for a list made by both of us. So I think we have enough. This is such a great movie year, and we have enough good movies that we both love, maybe even if they're not our favorite of the year, that I think I would be satisfied with the number one pick being something like uh, May, December, or Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Those are both up there for me. Like, that feels... Those feel... I mean, that maybe they feel like two safe picks, but those are also, like, we can both be, like... Yeah, May December, May sure. Yeah, May December's our best movie of the year, or me, Killers of the Flower Moon. Let me ask you some. This may completely derail what you just said, so apologize if it does. But let me let, 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 let me take three big movies 
and have you rank those. Cause I'm curious where I, cause I am just curious where these, also just start with two. Like, did you like Oppenheimer more than Killers of the Flower Moon? No. Okay. I, I did. That no way. That's true. Is that true? Really? I can't remember. I don't think I got that sense from however long it was ago that we talked about Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer. Did you like Maestro better than Oppenheimer? That's tough. That's really tough. Okay, so those are closer me. to you. Now, how about where does Bo is Afraid fall in with like those? I want Bo is Afraid up there, really up there. So you like Bo is Afraid probably okay, better than is, Maestro. This, I'm going to hold on to Bo is Afraid and the Killer, honestly, because these these the ones that don't look like aggregate score lists the best of the year and i know that's not it's a little bit contrarianism but that's i think that's how my brain works well, like, the I opposite like of contrarianism you're trying to impress somebody else out there is what it sounds like i i, I maybe i think it's just that like how my brain works subconsciously i think it's a curse that if i feel like other things are spoken for I, then my brain goes to not that uh, one, I don't think that's a bad quality. Ones and uh, ones Ari Aster. That neither of those are obscure movies. Right. One's David Fincher, but like, let me keep asking some questions like this because I'm figuring out what you like and which is good. Do you so Bo's afraid you like better? Bo, you like Bo's afraid better than Oppenheimer? Maestro. They're all winners. Like, they I, are I all winners. Was, Answer my question. I, can, or, can, you, can you not phrase it as liked better? I, how, I know that's, that's the, the criteria, point. though, right? I don't know why. Can you just say that you want it ranked higher? I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I know it's the same question. But for me, that makes it. I phrase it like, that way because it because it, it, it's just a reminder that none of this shit is objective. That's true. Like this is, these are literally what movies. we liked. I know that also makes it really hard. So, I mean, both of them need to be on the list to me. But yeah, I want. Bo's sure, Afraid I higher a, on the list than I Oppenheimer and I, w- I would put Bo's Afraid higher than Oppenheimer. Okay. What do we do? I, let, I don't know. What, I mean, I, I might agree with you. Part of me certainly agrees with you. Part of me is like, no. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you like... I know this answer. Okay. Um, Killers of the Fire Moon are made December. I, what do you? Well, that's really hard for me. You 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 know what I think on that. What do I think on that? I'm curious. What, I know what sounded to me not to when you were just listing them in that totally non-biased <laughs> order that it went past lives and then my and May December. So it feels like I can infer that May December is your number two or is currently placed at your number two. And I think May December is great. So I let's. I think May December can be a working number one. Okay, I can, I can, yes, I do have it above Killers of the Flower Moon. Which, uh, honestly, I don't. I, I think Oppenheimer over Killers of the Flower Moon is a little crazy. But I need to see those. Again. Not for not I, I uh, May December over uh, Killers of the Flower Moon does not bother me. Okay, so right now we have May December as our working number one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my pause is not is not meant to elicit doubt. It did not. Until I said that. Did not elicit any doubt. The middle of the list is going to be fun, too, and hard. All right, what's a, what's a good number two? What's a... Now, I... I mean, I feel like the I'm gonna either Past saying. Lives or The Killers would be a good number two, I would think. Um, the Killer, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for not... I missed the right sign. Our number one movie of the year is the song Mr. Brightside Side by, by The, the Killers. Killers. It's a really great song. Uh, so I think either the killer of past lives would be number two. Yeah, based on like how much because I like the killer also. I would put the killer 
I mean, I, I'm going to try to, I guess, insert the killer wherever I can. Yeah. Past lives. Hmm. Uh, both of those work for me. Okay, past lives feels too high for me. So is the question like, do I... Because we both like both movies. So the question is, do you like the killer more than I like past lives? Is that like how we figure out what goes to two? Yeah, and I actually do think that makes sense. I was about to disagree with this, but I think we had a compromise number one. We should put our favorites for two and three, probably. That does that makes some kind of that makes sense to me. I yeah. guess like I'm able to fit that. I can I can live with the killer too. I like the killer. But you, I mean, I, I mean, obviously you like past lives more. Yeah, is there a way to figure out do I like the killer more than you like past lives? Yeah, I feel like that's so subjective. We should you know? go back, play back the tape of us talking about past lives and who who made more compelling arguments. During let's that. see. Let's well, let's just see who can quote more of the movie. Uh, right. And I'll, I feel I'll like start. That's, that's hard because the killer. Hey, I feel like is such a quotable movie. I liked you in a. Maybe we're together in a past life. See, that was pretty good. Forbid empathy. Yeah. I yeah. I can't do the whole thing. I'm, if I could do the whole thing, that would be great. Embrace boredom. Ba, 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 ba. If you can't be bored, you can't be Hitman. And I told you that <laughs> you from the beginning. Be That's what I've always. So the first lesson <laughs> I ever learned yeah. was I, you, you can't be a Hitman if you don't accept. All right, the killer, boredom. killer two, past life three. Uh, let's see what we do with that and let's see how we feel about it you say the killer too you just i feel like you're just giving that to me out of, of niceness and i don't know why i'm resistant to that yeah i mean well because i don't see any other impasse like one of you know do i think the killer is better than past lives i do not but do i really like the killer yes i do i like i really like past lives okay so. let's put it number two then hey no, <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's fine honestly past <laughs> lives is number two that's okay to me all right and the killer is number three. The killer in number three, that feels nice. That feels like it it could live at number three. Yeah, and actually, I want to watch that. I'm going to watch that movie again soon. Yeah, if I could... If I could say... Mind, love. That when we're making some of these middle decisions... Yeah. That I would like the Academy to consider. <laughs> uh, that I gave up passages and have past lives in number two. If I can, if that could, I would actually, if that could give me some leeway in the middle section. The Academy recognizes your sacrifices and acknowledges your helpfulness. <laughs> okay, let's pass lives at number two. Okay, killer number three. Killer number three. Now, where do we go? I, I got an idea that what is going to be between two two movies. Yeah, I, I you, actually, you, you'll go first. So I think it's going to be between Killers of the Flower Moon and Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Am I right with that? Yeah. I. What's your take on Bo is Afraid? Where would you put it? I really re- I respect it so much. Not all of it worked for me. The parts that worked really worked. Uh, that first 20, 30 minutes were amazing. I liked the field uh, theater stuff. I liked the Parker Posey, the house. Um, I think Killers of the Flower Moon is a better movie. Or like, I liked it more. I I'm willing to concede on Killers of the Flower Moon being four. Like, that, that doesn't even... Wasn't I? I feel like I was just saying. No, it was Oppenheimer we were talking about, and I am. I, Bo's, Bo's afraid number five goes to the fireman number four. Yeah. Okay. And now this will be interesting. Now I feel like based on like our conversations and talking that you should be fighting for one that you only saw. Like I feel this is where it would fit. Well, I appreciate. I feel like we got a great top five here. Of May December past lives, the killer kills the flower moon and boat is afraid. That that I feels agree. like no losers there. I agree 100 um, percent 
Yeah, that where I'd put Spider Man across the Spider Verse. I I think so. For me, I think my next highest one would probably be Oppenheimer or Maestro. That's really that's tough for me. Are you, are you sure over Anatomy of a Fall? No, I'm not sure. These are all really close now. Um, I, I think well, other, for me, Anatomy of Fall here? is below Oppenheimer. I think it is. I would be fine. So they both have a similar. They, they exist in a similar place in my mind. Do they? Yeah. They don't mind. I might. I'd be fine putting Oppenheimer there. I feel like I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm actively working against the. Uh, was the, the the recency bias? I honestly feel that that's been the case. I think for our two previous lessons, we were thinking about that, where we almost do reverse recency bias. Not in the sense that I think that we're actively trying to combat recency bias, but in the sense that just when we see a movie early in the year, we have more time to live with it in our heads. And I think we are honestly the type of people where movies can be severely benefited by rewatch value and severely benefited by time to think about it and talk about it mm-hmm. yeah I, you're 100 right do you think it's just that the uh the the joy of the movie gets confused with our joy of talking about the movie that's gotta be that there's gotta I be something to some that yeah uh gotta be something to that um so let's uh I'm going to take much better notes this next year on my movies and books and stuff, and I encourage you to do that. I will actively try to forget every movie. <laughs> um, and I'm going to put stars by them, because I, then I can be like, oh, yeah, at one you know, point I thought stars. stars are at least a more concrete, I also have written description, but like, it's hard. Sometimes you read two descriptions of something of how you felt about it, and like, it's, it doesn't necessarily tell you, you know, which one you actually liked better. But I don't know. So neither do stars necessarily. But yeah, it kind of does. You can be like, oh, what four stars. And I thought this was three. So at some point, at least I know that I thought that was better. It doesn't mean you have to hold by it. Yeah. Um, that was a tangent. <laughs> I could live with Oppenheimer at seven, but I am having the thing where like Maestro at eight, does that feel too Well, what? So what is, what is After Bo's Afraid for you? Did you actually? Well, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I thought we decided it was number six. Okay, I didn't. I, that's I was proposing that, but I didn't know we actually decided. Oh, I that. just kind of took that. Okay, cool. I mean, as you should have, because again, you really like that movie. Um, so the next is Oppenheimer. Yeah, probably well, Oppenheimer or Maestro. So Anatomy of Falls is definitely below those two for you. Question. Uh, yeah, I think so. This is both. These are both very much like the movies. Movies going against each other right now. Yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer is such a. I, again, I don't want to conf- conflate the the Barbenheimer experience and the phenomenon and how much of like a joy that was to have everybody you know talking about really good movies for a for a, a week or two. Yeah. Uh, and more than that. That fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to conflate that. I really like Maestro. I think I'm also getting other people's opinions in my own head here about Maestro. Yeah, where I I'm like, that. like him. Someone's going Maestro at number seven. <laughs> that like traditional biopic. Yeah, like over Oppenheimer, the movie of the year. Yeah, mm. uh, really I I feel tough. like Oppenheimer should be before Maestro. I am content with that. Okay. Uh, we got a. Uh, what do we got now? We're at nine ten. 
That's this is tough. This is tough. So, of the ten, we Wait, have. Wait, stop. Uh, so sorry, my uh, yeah, sorry. My uh, computer was picking up everything you were saying. So I have. Uh, I got a nine ten that this is top step tip tip. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So Oppenheimer. That is how it sounds when I talk. All right. So we got May December, Past Lives, The Killer, Cures of Flower Moon, Boys Afraid, Spider Man, Oppenheimer. That's where we are. And then Maestro number eight, I thought. Okay, Maestro number eight. Well, it, if, it just feels like if we were deciding between Oppenheimer and Maestro for number seven, then we decide on Oppenheimer, then naturally Maestro would be eight. I hear that. But then we can reassess as we go on what's after Maestro then. Yeah. So of the ten, we like, after we removed stuff, we have Anatomy of a Fall, and we have Showing Up. Tough. Tough. I think we also have... If holdovers or Skinner, if any, I mean, if any of the movies want to come back from the ashes. So, do, do you like showing up more than the holdovers? Uh, me, yes. Do you like showing up more than Skinnerink? No. Again, on a personal list, Skinnerink would be pretty high, I think. Okay. And do I like showing up more than the holdovers? I so don't it just think seems like I you're do. Not talking about Anatomy of Fall at all. So, so that, do I like Anatomy of the Fall more than showing up? Yes, I do. You do. I, I do. I think I do. I can stand behind that. I, I flip flops for me. There's again, they're such different movies. They have such a different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I think that's if I'm being honest with myself. I think I want to want I like the better me wants to put showing up. That's exactly closer. What I'm having right. But now. I think if I really truly am examining my feelings and what I think about these movies, I think I enjoy Anatomy of the Fall more than showing up. Yeah, do we? That, I don't. Is that I'm nine disappointed. And, is myself. that nine and ten? Like, what do we do with the holdovers and Skinnerink? I point? don't know. So then, I guess we really got to say if showing up is number ten, which it is right now, I think in our kind of draft list here. Do you do we want to move showing up in place and put Skinnerink or the holdovers in that spot and move showing up down? I think that's where we are. Yeah, but and the maybe, thing is, I'd put Skinnerink like over some of these movies of personal estimation so what is there there's no chance for skin rank to be nine hmm I, I think what we also might have to do is just shake hands and be like we did the best if, we if, can <laughs> no no well that that's always what we're doing but if be like if skin rank goes and the holdover goes then I'll be both happy right I I hear what you're saying with that but there, is there any chance for Skin Rank or the Holdovers to be nine? And Asteroid City sitting out, and the Boy and the Heron sitting out, and Passages sitting out, and Amanda sitting out—that all that all bumps me out. I, I, that's just the nature of there can only be ten slots. So that's I, what I think is fun about doing it like this. I agree, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a way. What if Skin Rank went in? I could put Skin Rank in ten. I don't think I can put it at nine. So nine, nine, we think is for sure Anatomy of a Falls spot. I mean, I think nine, ten, eleven, and twelve are right now are kind of all up in the up in the up for grabs. Don't you think? Or no? Yeah. Well, if nine's up for grabs, then then I would throw Skinnerink at it. Because you like Skinnerink more than you like Anatomy of the Falls showing up in the holdovers. Yes. Some of those are easy for you, right? Or which one is the hardest one to say Skinnerink is better than? They're all pretty. Easy. They're all pretty. Easy. They're all pretty easy for me to say. I really all right, like the Skinnerink has to go into the top ten, in my opinion. But not the holdovers for you. I mean, I feel like you like Skinnerink more. Th- there, wait, there's no way I like showing up more than the holdovers. 
There's probably no way I liked Anatomy of Fall more than The Holdovers, but maybe I did. But you liked that one better. You you, you don't like The Holdovers, which is not true. I know. That's, I don't dislike The Holdovers. Yeah, it's a relative it's thing. It's just I, I know that on a personal list, like, again, I think The Holdovers is in another spot where I respect it a lot, but I... I I can't I don't remember walking out of theater being like you yeah. like showing up more than the holdovers. Yes, I like showing up more than the holdovers. By a lot? By a a decent margin. I mean not a not miles and miles, but Yeah. Do we want to even do like a, a Skinnamarink nine holdovers ten and then drop showing up in a nine move entirely? I mean maybe. I could probably maybe. I could argue these these four movies and rank them in several different ways. We've never had honorable mentions before. Do we want to even like just just for pity points introduce honorable mentions of whatever two don't make it up here? I mean, probably because why not? Uh, but if somebody's listening to this, they they know. You know, I don't know. Um, Anatomy of the Fall versus Skinnamarink is showing up versus. Again, I'm just, I'm part of my I think part of my film ego is has showing up. I'm gonna put showing up out of the top ten real quick and see how I feel what it looks like. I I'm not feeling a terrible a disturbance has not been felt in the force <laughs> yeah. for me. Though showing up's a great movie, but showing up doesn't need us. Showing up doesn't need our approval. They don't. You know? All right. So what if what if I what what if I told you you don't have to <laughs> uh, that. Our seven, eight, and nine look like Maestro, Anatomy of the Fall, and Skinnamarink. Is that a positive for you? Yeah. Um, I would. I think if it was just me, well, I'd have Skinnamarink. Well, not if everything else was unchangeable in stone, because obviously I, I, I'm a big Skinnamarink fan. But I would probably have Skinnamarink at nine, and then either showing up or anatomy of a fall at 10. Yeah. Remind me how much I like Maestro. Uh, a lot. I thought did I at the time too, right? We have, we, we have tape of how you felt about it right now. I know, but like, like think about it when we walked out of the movie. I don't know. I think I was so consumed in my love of the movie that I didn't even really think about what you thought of it. Okay. I, I do remember being like, I think, like, you, that was a great movie, right? And then I don't remember what you thought, what you said. Yeah. About it. So right now in my head, I'm really having trouble between the holdovers and Anatomy of Fall. What's a 10 and what's 11? You would, you liked Anatomy of Fall better than the holdovers? Oh, yes. The holdovers is my bottom of the four to me. Okay. All right, I think I think I can I think nine Skinnamarink and ten Anatomy of Fall, I think I can live with that pretty happily. And the holdovers will just have to hold over. Hey, that hey it was built for this. He said the name of the That's movie. the name of the movie. So you said uh Skinnamarink number nine? I think so. I think I can live with that. And uh Anatomy of Fall. Do you like Anatomy of Fall more than the holdovers? I don't know. Not at the time. But I think I no. I think I like the holdovers more than Anatomy of Fall. I think I can say that. 
but I also like this is not this is a you know communal list. Yeah, can I can we say Skinamarink lives at nine, and then can we debate ten? Because yes. if you let me have Skinamarink at nine, I feel like the courteous thing to do is to let holdovers be at ten. If you like the holdovers more than anatomy fall and showing up. Yeah, and those are all right close together for me. But I think I, I think I like Anatomy of the Fall. I, I think that's more representative of a list we both can be proud of. But if it was just you, if it was just me, I don't know. I don't know. If it was just me, I'd probably have the holdovers over Anatomy of the Fall. But it's not. A, that's not those. They're so close. So showing up is dumb. and showing no showing up's right there also. But again, I think my ego wants to put showing up more. I, I don't think I liked it as yeah, much. You, you feel bad about avoid, uh, putting like the the artsy uh, the, Kelly Riker the, the hype uh, courtroom drama over the 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 micro plot art movie. You're yeah, you're right. You're it's exactly right. That's my ego dealing talking right now. Um. But yeah, I think I can. I think we go with this. I think that makes sense. Well, what's this? Uh, Anatomy of the Fall at ten. Isn't that where we are? I I thought we were at the ether right now. Oh yeah, the ether. I don't know, flip a coin between these three movies at ten. Anatomy of the Fall, the holdovers, and showing up. Let's let's if we could flip a coin. Well, I don't have a coin near me. I don't either. But. Uh, I, well, I think it is between Anatomy of a Fall and the Holdovers. Just judging from how we're both talking about show. Even, again, personally, it'd be showing up. But. You know what? I'm going to remember what I thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay true to my feelings at the time and, and request that the Holdovers go in ahead of Anatomy of Fall and showing up. I will accept that as you let me have Skinner Rink at nine, which I do think is crazy high for you. I uh, that movie too though I the parts I liked I really liked and I'm giving the reason why that's easy is I think in like if we'd have started that movie at 9 p.m. in October and no commercials I think I'd have loved it you know okay okay All right, I think we're done we didn't put the holdovers at ten your side yeah uh, that's okay with I me think again so. that feels true that feels true to that does to feel true to a communal <clears throat> list. Yeah, it does indeed. And then you know what this means, though. I, I don't. It means we're never allowed to watch or talk about Anatomy of Fall or showing up ever again. Oh, Those movies don't exist for us. I don't like that forever. World. Oh no! No, obviously, I'm I'm joking. Oh, good. As lists mean very little. But <laughs> it is certainly, I think, a fun tradition for us to try to make one. Amen. This year, that's for sure. All right, so. Read the list 10 to 1 and see how we feel. Okay. 10, The Holdovers. 9, Skinnamarink. 8, Maestro. 7, Oppenheimer. 6, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 5, Bo's Afraid. 4, Killers of the Flower Moon. 3, The Killer. 2, Past Lives. 1, Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) (laughs) 1, May December. Perfect. Um, yeah, that feels like a really good list. I like that. I like that list. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. That's, that's good. good. This feels good. I dig this it. This is right. This is right. The universe is right. Exactly. Honor- honorable mentions showing up in Anatomy of a Fall. Yes. I do find it weird that we removed we removed Skin and Marink and the holdovers, and then we we actually ended up just swapping them back in. But that's 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 the fun of a list like this and that process, I think. You know? Like again, you reassess, you talk, you know, things can move, you know, as we're discussing. Uh that's that's fun. That doesn't bother me. Feel a little bad for Godzilla minus one. No, I, no, I, don't. I don't. I don't feel bad at all. You should have been better, movie. And you were pretty good. I enjoyed you. Ah. But still, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, can, can we find a way to put uh the the balcony scene of Asteroid City in this list? Is there any spot for that? They can hide. Right. We could do like a the short film contained within a larger film. Like have those awards. Yeah, yeah. What's or what's our what about different moments of the year list? The first twenty minutes of Bo's Afraid is amazing to me, and like that was such a like adrenaline shot in the arm. Uh, definitely see that movie, and that that first thing gets it started. It's just like holy crap! I was simultaneously happy that it could not keep up that pace, uh, and at the same time, like oh my god, what if it kept that up? I think I'd have you know had a heart attack. Uh, so I'd love that that for those first twenty minutes in Bo's Afraid is in my moments. I would I maybe my moment of the year is the last Parker Posey part of Bo's Afraid. Oh, that's a great moment too. That is a really incredible moment. Uh, I would include the theater scene with uh, in May December when she's lecturing to the high school theater students. That's, that's in my moment. That probably wouldn't be in my moments of the year, but it's certainly a winner. Yeah, what about you? What else you got? Uh, Last, oh, the I mean, obviously the Trinity testing, op, part of Oppenheimer. Yeah, that was so amazing. And so his well done. speech afterwards, and uh, the moment later where it does the similar effect. Yeah, uh, I would put in past lives. The two shots they it was reused. One uh, when the two kids are saying goodbye up the road, and the two different routes path on that. The, that's a good moment. And then when it comes back at the end, and like they're at the very end of the movie, and then it. Boom, flashes back to that for a half second. Remember that? Yeah, that was great. That was wonderful. I love that. I love that. Um, that's in my top moments. Hmm. Probably some poor things moments, too. I don't know. Yeah, the what they are right stuff now. that's there, that should be there. Yeah. Stuff from all these. Some uh, laugh out loud funny stuff. Barbie had some laugh out loud funny moments. Yeah. Um. I guess when Chris Pratt, uh, no, it's not even Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pine. I was gonna make a D and D honor among the things joke, but I, I could. You not. make your own. <laughs> no. <laughs> Name right. one thing that happened in Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. There was a, um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big fight scene in the no, middle. No, and of I don't mean that. Thing. I don't mean that. It's a fine movie. People it was a really pleasant loved movie. It. People it was a pleasant really movie. loved it. Yeah. Uh, not, we're not one of those people. Yeah. 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 I feel like uh, another moment of this year would be lamp dancing and stop making sense. Oh, without a doubt. That whole well, that, again, I, I'm joking as that does not count, but that is maybe one of my favorite moments in movies ever. Yeah. Uh, is David Byrne dancing with the lamp and the, the entirety of uh, so many, so many moments in that movie. But, uh, the, yeah, but the, the entire the lamp dancing moment. does stick with me. I wish I could think of one from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I wish that was a good movie. It was okay. 
But I really, I guess it's so hard to keep a franchise quality. Those first three were so good. And then, you know, the Crystal Skull was terrible. And this was much better than the Crystal Crystal Skull, but it wasn't good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, do we want to do a little bit on uh, things we're excited for in movies coming in 2024? Yeah, let's do let's just a little, a little preview. And again, I haven't done a whole lot of research on that. I know one off the top of my head. That, that Civil War we talked about, right? Yep. Uh, Alex Garland's new movie again. Rider dies for Alex Garland. I expect that'll have its place in 2024's top 10. I expect it's so, got too. Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst in it. Which is so great. I hope they're all friends. I hope they all I hope they all to hang dinner, out, go, go to, to dinner, dinner afterwards and talk and like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Them and uh, Noah Hawley and uh yeah. all the other people we uh adore. Yeah. Uh so I'm excited about that one. You wanna name one you're excited for? Or you I got another one if you don't. Uh yeah, you go first. Um uh, Dune. Oh Dune part two. I'm yeah. so excited about Dune Part Two. The trailers look great. May have to reread the book. Um don't know if I'll have time to do that, but if I do, I might do that again. And you've read the second one, right? Do Messiah is that the second one? Or did I make uh, that up? I I think you're making that up. Okay, never I think mind. That's on my my. It's certainly on my list of things to read. Okay. Um. So I'm excited about. Yeah, those are two I'm excited about. How about you? Ooh, I I know I brought it up, but for some reason I'm blanking. I I why am I blanking? So there's probably a lot of uh, good movies coming out this year. Well, good thing. It doesn't matter because I have this list right here. Outstanding! I love the list. This is a uh, this is a nice. Uh, I, I I well, what I have in front of me is uh, first showing dot net's list of twenty twenty three releases, uh, and I have uh, World of Reels uh, list of twenty twenty four anticipated stuff. Uh, I'm just gonna read off list some stuff that we're probably gonna be excited about that I that I see. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Megapolis. Uh, I don't know if that is going to come out next year. I don't know that for some reason. I I have actually no insider or even outsider information. Well, perhaps reason, we should. That feels uh, unlikely. That feels like one of those movies that like uh, Killers of the Flower Moon like is is next year's release for like five years. Yeah, it feels like we should be mentioning movies that are, are that are going to be out though. I'm kidding. Well, it's it's the, it, the, this list seems to think that it is. What are you? You're messing with the audio a lot. I've I've <laughs> lo- whoa. I've, that's now, that's terrible. I feel like you're yelling at me. I've lost uh, I've lost uh, feedback in my ear- earphones, so that's I can't really hear anything right now. I don't know what's. Have you up. tried seeing if they're plugged in? Uh, that's what I was doing. That was the uh, <laughs> mechanicians. Kind of like you were just making us louder and quieter. Well, can you? Can I be here? Oh yeah, some, so some, 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 something's going on. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. Okay, sorry. You're you're annoyed that I got meta. Um, <laughs> I'm annoyed that I can't hear anything in my ear- earphones. Uh, Leos Carax has a movie that will be coming out next year. Uh, I this is bad, but I'm forgetting the name of the movie he had a couple years ago that I remember really enjoying. But he has other. other was that movies. the musical with Adam Driver? That was the musical with Adam Driver. Well, what was the name of that movie? Anyways, good movie. Excited to see his next one. Uh, this is one that's real hype. Uh, that I can't believe I, uh, I I didn't mention earlier. Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. Yes, because we just fairly recently, at a couple of Dragon Cons ago, got to see that with the live musical. We had uh, seen it before, too. Yes. Sorry. 
That's <laughs> just the way you phrased it. Makes it seem like that was the first time. No, but just recently we saw it with live musical accompaniment. That was not but the first time we've seen it. We've, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've spent too much time together. <laughs> all right. So those are those are I, I'm excited about all of those too. Um, I'm also excited about Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. I have no. I haven't seen any of the Mad Max movies. So, oh, that would be fun. Can we can we spend a couple of days doing that? That would be good. That would be fun. Uh, that would be fun to do. Uh, are you at all uh, interested in Joker Folly Ado? You know, no. I was not going to bring that up, and I don't know why because I I thought the first Joker was a good film. Yeah, we were not uh, Joker haters. No, although I think. But I don't. So maybe I don't now. I'm, I'm I, I've I've just culturally become a Joker hater, but I don't know why. Right. That's uh, opposite of. Like the actual movie itself, but like the people around yeah, it or whatever. I've become, I've become a, a anti-Joker the movie as an idea, but I don't actually remember uh, having a terribly negative reaction to the movie itself. And maybe one of the reasons I'm not excited about it is I forgot, I have to remind myself that I don't enjoy Lady Gaga. Uh, and she's in that, right? Yeah, it's a musical, too. Is it really a musical? Yeah, that is really probably the primary reason I'm excited for it, is it just like seems like it's another... like. Big budget movie that gets to go crazy. That's insane. I mean, all right, now I am now excited about that. And uh, I'm glad she's in it. If there's a, it's a musical, uh, I wonder if you have this on your list. Uh, Jordan Peele's Untitled Project. Untitled Project. Yeah, yeah but I I think that got moved back recently. So that, that's why I'm asking. It's just to make you look foolish for thinking about <laughs> yeah. next year. Oh, so you haven't been reading the trades? Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Challengers? Does that mean? Does that do anything for you? Challengers. Is that a who is that? That's the tennis movie, right? It is. It's somebody who can do anything. It's Zendaya, well, not directing it, right? No, but she's in it. With it's a love triangle, challengers. So wh- I that watch a lot of tennis. I love tennis. So I the challenger circuit is something that's interesting to me. Zendaya's in it. She's interesting to me. Who directs it though? I don't know. It doesn't tell you on the article you're on. I mean, if I can sit here and read it, I would tell you that it's the latest film from stylish director Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. That's what I I thought. And that makes it more exciting to me. Oh, cool. Uh, We have... uh, This is... I I was debating whether to mention this. Uh, (laughs) Are you excited for Ridley Scott's Gladiator 2? Which is another... That is a movie that's coming out next year, every year. (laughs) I am nervous about that movie. I'm not excited about it. I, I feel the same way I did about uh, the Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny, that I'm going to so desperately want that movie to be good, and I just have a feeling there's no way that it's going to be good. Even after Napoleon was such a success this year? <laughs> well, exactly. Even after we loved Napoleon? I mean, right? The, Ridley Scott is so odd to me as a, as a filmmaker. I feel like we should do all of Ridley Scott's, because I feel like that would be fun. Yeah. But also, it's like, Sometimes he makes stinkers, and sometimes he makes some of our favorite movies ever. Yeah. So, like, what's up with that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. What about Mickey 17? Is that is that something you're excited about? I don't know what that is. So, that is the next Bong Joon-ho movie. Oh, okay. Never Science fiction movie is. based on an Edward Ashton novel about a man sent to colonize an icy planet who's cloned with his memories intact whenever he dies. Robert Pattinson. Stephen Young, Naomi Aki, Tony Collette, and Mark Ruffalo. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited incredible. about that. I had not heard of that movie that until I read this really, list. Really, really very enjoyable. Yeah, that might be, that's um, up there in my top things I'm excited about now. I just, I neglected to mention that just because I 
I don't know. Is that movie going to come out next year? I still, for some reason, I, I, I don't. March 29th. I don't believe it when, like, websites tell me a movie's going to come out next year. And I, I really have very little idea why. Like, for some, some movies seem real to me. Some movies seem like they're not real. Because I, this one definitely feels not like, real. If it comes out in March, how have we not seen a trailer? I know. It? You know right? what I'm Like, how have we not talked about it? Is it coming to streaming or something? I, I, I don't know. You're I asking all that, these good that questions that like I have a, no answers. That'd be a, that's, a, that's a theater movie. Uh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this oh, It says in theaters, sorry. Good. Good. But is it like a owned by a streamer? <laughs> it doesn't say on that. I'm just guessing as to why this movie hasn't existed to me until this very moment. Uh, I don't know. It's probably the movie's fault. It's shy. <laughs> it's shy. <laughs> uh, Ethan Cohen's Drive Away Dolls. That is exciting. A new Cohen, well, uh, by one of uh, Cohen, by a Cohen brother. I didn't know about this one. Um, this is great. This is like a, it's like a road movie. And it's got a really good cast, and I don't know anything about it other than that, which is all I really need to know with a movie made by someone with the last name Cohen. True. Just like we loved uh, the Scottish play. We did love the Scottish play. We thought it was a very Scottish play. <laughs> <laughs> the most Scottish play I've ever seen. By gosh. Yeah. All right, so it looks like another good year already. I'm excited about these movies. And plus, there'll be so many ones that we've never heard of that are that are going to, you know. I'll mention uh, um, Jane Schoenbraun as a new movie. Uh, they're the person who uh, brought us uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh, no kidding. Last year, which uh, I liked more than you. you. Loved I don't remember that movie. where that land, but I really was passionate about this movie. It seems to be the title is I Saw the TV Glow. Which is like that's that's a very exciting title. That title fits. That title fits uh, her as well. Yeah, that that that, that sounds like that uh, is a movie that would be paired with the plot that I will uh, enjoy very much. Yeah, uh, a lot of other good movies, especially according to this list that I uh, uh, neglected to mention. But ah, excited to go into this next twenty twenty four movie year. I am too. Do you think there will be a bit of a come down? Mood-wise, since 2023 is considered now such a such a you know a great movie year, I don't think so. I think we're just going to kind of keep the momentum going. The strike is over. People are excited, creating things. Uh, no, I let's just keep rolling. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, some of these movies that we're excited about are you know March is going to be here before we know it. I don't think I don't know if we mentioned anything in February, but March is like I think that's Dune and now this Bong Joon Ho. That's Driveway Dolls too. So that's so. Um, we could do two and, months of and, and Alex Garland's film, right? I think so. Yeah, Dude, that early April, March. So we're, yeah, we can wait. We can wait that long. Yeah, that's that's very. We don't. Yeah, don't have to wait very long for those. Probably very. What if all the movies we listed are awful? Do you ever worry about that? Every movie you're excited about is going to be bad. I more and more, yes, I do worry about that because I've been disappointed so many times now. It's just been a long life of disappointment. The fame of you. No, but the good thing is we have the beekeeper to hold us over until until March. These March yeah. movies come that around. is that honestly seems like the worst movie ever. It's a it's, it's from the its trailer. fake trailer. It's like it actually makes me so angry. Rick and Morty ball fondlers or whatever the movie was. <laughs> the two brothers that come down. Two and, brothers and they're mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's David Ayer directing that okay uh too uh just seems like it's like we're just like hey like awful 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 action movie but like 
hey, he's like fighting for the working class or at least against the upper class, right? You like that audience members that honestly, it, it actually does things to my body. Well, you learned something in this because we, we, you know, we've been seeing a lot of movies lately. We've seen this trailer a billion times. We've seen the Argyle trailer a billion times. But in this latest Beekeeper trailer, we learned that Yes, he does keep bees, like literally the insects. But he also, the beekeepers are this ultra high level above government thing, keeping society in order also. And he's part of that. The best line is that we've got to kill him before he kills his way to the top. That's Jeremy Irons, isn't that, it? Isn't that Jeremy Irons? That is it Jeremy, Jeremy like Irons. Or it's the guy who looks just like Jeremy Irons who was in that uh, Boxing Helena movie where I got it. I got him confused a few days ago. We were talking about it. Uh, uh, so, nah, yeah. But, I, I but anyways, saying, I, that's, that's my the, advice to you is to not stop killing until you kill your way to the top. <laughs> the super spy element of it is, I don't know, actually, that I, that I don't mind that uh, terribly because you, you buy Jason Statham as a beekeeper? Like just a guy that keeps bees? I mean, no. No, no, not at all. Like a beekeeper, not at all. But it, like at least twice, and maybe three times in that trailer. Again, what you know, a short trailer. That he is surrounded by like five or six guys, and they're like, "Let's get him!" Or like, <laughs> "Get that guy! Or tear him down!" And we see in this trailer like three times, maybe twice, like six dudes like you know get their ass kicked. And I don't know because he keeps bees. <laughs> This would be a much better movie if he could just like click something on his like like click a remote and a bee has swarmed them. I wish he just had like a one giant sidekick bee. <laughs> yes. that he talks to the whole one time. And like and then, animated bee. And the whole time the bee like wants to like to, to hurt people and he you know, Jason Statham won't let him because he's the beekeeper and there's a code. But at the <laughs> very end with the ultra villain, he turns to the bee and he goes, Sting him. Yes, and the we bee stings him in the. We should have been involved in the happy. creation of the beekeeper. Maybe uh, if we work really hard this year, we could be involved in like the beekeeper seven. Beekeeper, you know, yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah. lay our groundwork for our career to go to the beekeeper seven. Who knows? I'm sure it's a fine movie. Uh, uh, hey, Owl, this has been ridiculously fun. I very, love this very tradition. Enjoyable. Great year in movies. Uh, if you're listening to this, God help you and thank you. And uh, you know, we'll do it again next year. Yeah. Maybe we'll do something before. Who knows? One of us gets gotten by the beekeeper. <laughs> exactly. And I, for one, am uh, very excited about the 2024 movies we've mentioned already and what the other ones that will come up. Yeah. Good movies. Good movies. <laughs> you do. Good boy. Good movie. Yeah. Good Thanks movie. for listening, everyone. I hope you have a great 2024. Hank, you have the last word. Um, Aardvark. That's a great last